right, that's right. You better wake up. It's a Monday. We're feeling good in studio. The DriveHubler.com studios. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. I'm Andy Sweeney. He's Kevin Bowen. Mark Dykton producing today's effort. Fellas, a very good morning. It felt like football this weekend, did it not? You woke up on Sunday, and today it felt like football. We had a little Notre Dame football. I know KB's jacked up over that. Well, to dive into it. I thought about going shirt off today. (laughs) I wish you would have. Effort. I would have been fine full shirt off show. The YouTube audience, uh, what does human resources think well, of such things here? I would like uh, to know that I fan. did not raise my hand for that. I, there was an Mark Andy is, request, not Mark for has me. Been one that has been a fan of the shirt off before. <laughs> Don't let him fool he, you with he, that. He, he looks like it. There's no doubt about it. You guys had a bet over the weekend, uh, and then the big news, obviously. <laughs> I don't the, beer over well, here. I, I don't I either. Don't know. The Colts 53 man roster, and fellas, we sit here at what is it, 701, and John. Jonathan Taylor is still in Indianapolis Colt. We'll talk about that as we go. But, fellas, a very good morning as we start week two on this program. Good Monday morning. Um, I, I would. I don't want to sound rude, but I, I'm going to go with this for the next month and a half. How is the wife before I ask how, is, how are you doing? Uh, the the did, wife did is... Did she survive the, the heat-filled weekend of... Or a heat-filled week, I should say, of thirty-two weeks pregnant. Uh, yeah, J- just about, just about. So okay. she, she's good. She's good. Uh, you know, everything's fine there. We're about packed up, and you know, we close on a home uh, on Thursday after the nice. show. I'll be jetting from here to go give the rest of my money in my life <laughs> to somebody I don't know, and then uh, I'll feel even more real Indianapolis at that point. So you sure. obviously went back home this uh, weekend. Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, I had to mow the lawn. That's what I did on Sunday morning. I mowed the lawn. Here you go. <laughs> Checking the box there. Checking Certainly. the box. Checking the box. But we have a lot to talk about. I know you're jacked up over Notre Dame. Uh, did you think Jonathan Taylor was going to be traded over the weekend? I guess I did uh, if he were going to be traded. Mark right now is looking for sound. Apparently, Schefter went on Chicago radio and said the Bears ain't going to get him. The Bears not right now trading uh, for Jonathan Taylor. And this sets up all sorts of interesting scenarios. What if he's back? What if you wait? mid-season. What if he has a good year? You wait to after the season. Uh, many things. And then as we sit here today, KB, and you know this, we could be having cuts that happen right now during the show as the roster gets trimmed by 4 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, I didn't think Taylor would get moved this weekend. You know, the Colts played the first set of preseason games last week. I mean, they, they played on Thursday night. You know, most teams, as we saw, played Friday or Saturday or you know, we even saw a game last night. So I think basically now we we are through with the preseason. Um, as you mentioned, Andy, the Colts have started their roster cuts. They cut nine guys yesterday. I do want to go over that list. I do think there's a couple of names of note. Um, but I, I feel like today is when you really take your full assessment of now the entire NFL is through the preseason. Everybody has this full Monday where the deadline is Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Now you look at your injury situation. Now you get the lay of the land of, okay, who's out there, you know, where do we like depth on certain rosters or other teams going to have to cut some players that are of note? Um, this is when I think you get into the phrase, Andy, of deadline spur action. And I continue to come back to this because the Colts practice yesterday, Jonathan Taylor not participating in that practice, obviously he's still on the pup list. Uh, so that now brings the magic number down to six. The Colts will practice Wednesday and Thursday. Then my assumption is they will have four practices next week leading into the season opener. We are less than two weeks away from the season opener. Six practices. 
If Jonathan Taylor's a Colt, is six practices enough for him to be out there on September 10th? And like that, that's the other layer to this, Andy, of like, yeah. Yeah, probably not. There is a trade that could happen between now and Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Certainly, that's a huge storyline. But then there's also this hanging injury cloud that we continue continues to be an extremely murky situation. Chris Ballard is supposed to meet the media. Sounds like on Wednesday to go over the roster cuts. So that will be our next chance, I think, for a little bit of clarity on this situation. Uh, but but to answer your question, I did not think we'd see something this weekend. Having said that, I do think something we can get into is the Josh Jacobs domino. Because I always felt like more than Dalvin Cook, more than Ezekiel Elliott, what happens with Josh Jacobs has more relevance to Jonathan Taylor. It's a similar age, um, hasn't reached the major money like Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott have already reached. Obviously, the Cowboys cut Zeke, obviously the Vikings cut you know, Cook. Josh Jacobs hasn't been cut by the Raiders. They just turned down his fifth-year option last year. So um, the sweetening of the franchise tag, a la what your Giants did with Saquon Barkley, is what we saw with Josh Jacobs. So what, if anything, does that mean for Jonathan Taylor? That's a trend now, by the way, isn't it? That is I, something to I mean, I mean that's a trend now. I know Taylor's not there, but that is now Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. Two massive names have both done it, right? The Raiders and Giants both did, you know, essentially Essentially the same thing. Sure. Yeah. And it's not eye popping. I mean, it's not anything too, too crazy. It is something. Um, and again, Taylor is not in the same exact boat as those two, as those two because they both were playing under the franchise tag or were going to play. They were going to make a little more than 10 mil, even if they didn't get a sweetheart deal. Taylor's Correct. making four and change. Yes. Taylor is still on the final year of his own rookie deal, whereas Barkley and Jacobs' former first round picks were you know, in that franchise tag range. So uh, that, I think, is something to touch on with Jonathan Taylor. Also, something I want to get to. A little multitasking for Kevin Bowen on Saturday here. Okay. So we're watching Notre Dame and Navy, and Shane Steichen's got a Zoom presser. So I didn't know what proper Zoom etiquette was. Was I allowed to wear the Notre Dame t-shirt on the Zoom? Oh yeah, I mean yeah. If you were listen, if you were wearing Buffalo Bills stuff, it would be Whoa, a, it would Bill. Be, oh well, boy, no, if you were wearing if you were wearing another NFL team, if I wore a Patriots shirt, yeah, yeah. Shane Steichen would have been like, hey, <laughs> get a Mac Jones jersey up, on. Uh, Steichen and company might frown on it, but I think you wear Notre Dame. Yeah, wearing Notre Dame is fine. Like if I was interviewing Halliburton, and I was wearing you know, and I was wearing a uh, a, uh, a Charlotte jersey or something like that. It would be a lot. I don't know why I went to Charlotte there. I got up in yeah. the air. And got and a I got mellow caught. ball jersey. I, I Gordon caught. Hayward jersey yeah, to support Gordon. the Brownsburg what, what am I going to do? Wear a Gordon Hayward jersey? No, you wear Notre Dame. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, I, you know, because when you do play Navy, the thing about Navy is... Uh, yeah. They, they like to go for it on fourth down a lot, which always kind of makes my heart. You know, I mean, at, at some point, can you throw the football? Skip it. Yeah. I, I mean, and I, I mean, was Navy, told that Navy it, was going to throw it's it this 2024, year. 2024, big guy. Let's, you know, yeah. 23, excuse me. Going to be 24. Come on. Western Boone High School throws it better than uh, Navy threw How it on easy Saturday. Is it to be a wide receiver during practices for Navy, though. I know. They just stand there, don't do anything. Well, the yeah, first how pass cra- attempt of the game, the two pass catchers ran into each other. <laughs> yeah, so apparently like, they don't practice. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You guys are actually calling this play? I don't really know where to run, but 500 down the field and throw it boy, up in the air. Your boy Jason Garrett got crushed on Twitter, too. I, I, People I, just I, don't I am like not a Jason, Jason Garrett fan. Well, of course fan. you're not. Who is a Jason Garrett fan? I actually thought uh, 
Ian Eagle's son did a nice job. He no was on Eagle. The, oh, he's great, man. Yeah, he, he was on yeah. the call. It's usually he's, Jack Collinsworth. Right. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of, but that's neither here nor there. So, we've got the Zoom, Saturday afternoon, watching the Irish, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, man, you know what? I keep on getting the Mo Alley Cox question. Mm-hmm. Is this guy a surprise mm-hmm. cut? Where are we at tight end wise? So, I'm like, you know what? Let's pose a Mo Alley Cox question to Shane Steichen. Um, I tweeted out the transcript of. The answer, and boy, you got a lot of people saying, hmm, if I were Mo Alley Cox's family mm-hmm. slash agent, I don't know if I would call that a ringing endorsement. And Andy, Mo Alley Cox has kind of always been this, you know, box on Christmas that you're like, man, is there more in there? Like, did I get mm-hmm. everything out? Out of that bag, is there more? You know, is he he's the, the basketball player? Is he the player stocking? Is he the stocking? Yeah, stocking's probably yeah. a better way. To describe it, and it's like, okay, how many car wash coupons can I can I get here? Um, and when you look at tight end right now, Jelani Woods, and we can get into this. Nate Atkins from the Star reported late late last night. It's a torn hamstring for Jelani Woods, and why he's missed so much time. I, you know, the definition of a tear is it a strain? Right. You know, you, you it's can a get bad into, injury, though. You can get in all that, but certainly it, it's not a good injury, and it's lingered since the spring. Um, so that's, I think, the name to watch before four o'clock. Tomorrow we'll play that Steichen audio a little bit later. You know, I brought up on Friday's show to Greg Rakestraw. Do you do the Mo Alley Cox trade and try to find the equivalent to another player of his caliber at a position more of need? Because there are offensive line would certainly be that as we got the official word on Danny Pinter's season being over. So um, I think those are some things that we can get to a little bit later in the show. Yeah, we'll do that. Bob Kravitz will join us coming up uh, at 8.30. We have our poll question. We still have a couple what, a couple spots in the fantasy league. I drafted what I think is the worst fantasy league uh, that I've ever drafted yesterday. I know Mark had uh, had one as well, so we can dive into that. And for me... Just one spot, Mark? Is the that one spot left? Just down you, gave to away, one? you gave away. We would have had two, uh, and you gave one away to the guy I who did. dropped on Friday. Uh, we gave uh, Ben. Ben one, I think, was Ben two. Uh, oh, Ben two. Ben excuse two. me. How could I forget? Mark, you Both said ben. that with a bit of disgust that well, I gave I'm away that say, spot. If the listeners are saying I thought we had two, I'm like, hey, Kevin Bowen. Gave away the other one. God. We have to one place left. the blame on somebody, and KB's going to get it at 710. Uh, and before we take a break, just for me, we'll get into this definitely more at 730. Where are you with Jonathan Taylor? And I don't mean KB and Mark. I mean, as a fan, where are you? And then Mike Florio, like him or, do- or dislike him at Pro Football Talk, uh, had a couple interesting, hey, what if the Colts did this? What if the Colts did that? And a lot of it was predicated around keeping Jonathan Taylor and playing him at some point this season and then I know the Miami Dolphins are out there. There is another team and we've talked about it. This is not, you know, earth shattering. Guys, there's another team that's staring me straight in the face that needs to be in on Jonathan Taylor. I'll tell you who that is as well. Have we talked about them yet? We have, just not as much as Miami and perhaps even Chicago. Yeah, and a lot of people were chatting about the Jacobs thing over the weekend. It's like, okay, can you sweeten it a little bit with Taylor? Like, is that... You know, when Jim Mersey utters the phrase, calming the waters a couple weeks ago, that to me is like the only way you somewhat calm the waters. Um, but again, I I know deadlines spur action, but man, I just think Taylor's so dug in. I think he is so dug in. And how this all plays out uh, by tomorrow at four o'clock, part of me is like, Finally, we're gonna. I, I think, yes, I think finally. we're gonna get an answer. Yes, but then again, Andy, if he's on this team at four o'clock and they bring him off the fifty-three man roster, now the question becomes: disgruntled 
and I say in quotes, injured player. Like, okay, now that is the next layer to this story. And just because you don't trade him at 4 o'clock on Tuesday, that doesn't mean that you can't trade him at any point during the season. You can trade him up to the deadline, which is usually right around Halloween each year. And, of course, if you have a marquee team that has a big running back injury the second week of the season, not to bring up past memories, but... We saw the Colts usher in a Trent Richardson mm-hmm. trade in mid-September back in 2013 or 2014, whatever that season was. So uh, it's not like this is the Colts' own uh, self-imposed deadline, if you will. It's not like the NFL has some big deadline with this. That that comes in late October. I am Kevin Bowen. Andy Sweeney is with us. Mark Dykton as well. This week looks to be a much, much better week on the weather front than we had last week. So, good news on that end as we reach the month of August and into September. Again, today, we'll touch on the Mo Cox situation. Is that the surprise cut for the Colts? Also, kind of an annual tradition we've seen with roster cuts that in this market we've gotten used to I don't think that's going to be the case for the Colts this season. I know it's a little vague, but uh, yesterday's beginning of roster moves was a kind of a reminder to me that I don't think we're going to have an annual tradition with the Colts roster cuts like we've had for really 20, 21 of the last 22 years. Um, so we'll touch on that in the latest with Josh Jacobs back with the Raiders and the domino that that means for Jonathan Taylor. Again, good Monday morning to you. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy, 93.5-1075, The Fan. All right, morning check down. Reminder, uh, Bob Kravitz will join us uh, at about 8.30 or so. He's been all over trading Jonathan Taylor. We'll see how he feels. Before we dive into the check down, can this be a yes or no? And we'll tease this for later on. Uh, do you believe the Colts have been lowballed in all of this, KB? You believe that that the two that the two uh, deals that they have on the table are just ridiculously bad? Is that why we've seen and heard absolutely nothing? If you had to guess, like you know, I mean, the no Dolphins offer. Yeah, can, 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 no, can I go no ish? Okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. Again, there's so many layers to yeah. this. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, all right, let's get into a check down. Reds five two losers. Jay, they uh, dropped three of four. We said it was the big series. KB, they dropped three of four. Don't look now, but here come the red legs. Yeah, now here they full, come. Kev. Full six back. Is in there anything the worse as a baseball fan when you have like your whatever your Midwest Eastern Time Zone team? They go out and play. Out west, and then you have to wake up to the news. Like, oh, oh, here I am checking my phone in the morning. You know, yeah. The final pitch was like twelve thirty. Oh, they lost by one. Are yeah. you going to abandon being a Reds fan? Are you going to abandon following this team? Uh-huh. Thank you, Mark. Now one and a half well back uh, for that third spot. And yesterday wasn't a good day uh, for them because you had let's see what uh, you had the Marlins winners two one, the Brewers ten six winners, and the Giants last night Sunday night baseball, which you heard right here on the fan eight five over the Braves. Cubs one two, so that that hurts oh, the yes. Reds as well. Ten to one over Pittsburgh. Can we move on? Yeah, we just did. Uh, Scott Dixon wins at Gateway <laughs> yesterday. It was vintage Scott Dixon starting outside of the top. 10, and all of a sudden, the fuel strategy is everyone else in the field dumbfounded. Uh, Pato Awards second, David Malukas third. Joseph Newgarden was a heavy favorite, started first, uh, but a crash, I guess, in the second half of the race there. Um, certainly took one of the favorites out, but Scott Dixon, back-to-back for him, uh, and two races left now in the IndyCar who, who's the announcer back to back and belly to belly? Who is that? That's not Berman. I'm going 
Tom Amansky, back to, back to, back. <laughs> yeah, championships. Throwing the ball from center field into a trash can. Fred McGriff, from right? From center field with a very high hat is Fred McGriff. Uh, fever over Atlanta, 83-80. Christy Walls, 20 points there. Indianapolis Indians, 2-1 over Iowa. Three in a row, I believe, for the Indiana How about that? Fever as they reach the close to their season. Speaking of the Fever, Tyrese Halliburton and Team USA, they will play their second group game here in a little over an hour. They've got Greece, no Giannis Antetokounmpo, by the way, for Greece. Uh, 99-72 on Saturday morning for Team USA against New Zealand. Halliburton seems to be part of this group that has sparked Team USA off the bench. He did it on Saturday morning as well. 10 points uh, in 17 minutes, 3 assists. For those that care about plus-minus, he was plus 13. Uh, coming off the bench, Steve Kerr was raving about Halliburton and Austin Reeves and what they were able to bring. Paolo Boncaro had 21 off the bench for Team USA. Did so, you watch that? Uh, I watched a little bit yeah. of it. Uh, the other thing I did want to mention from the World Cup, uh, Zach Eady uh, didn't play a ton in Canada's first game. They played Lebanon. I don't think that's the Tigers of Boone County. They played uh, Lebanon uh, on, I guess that would have been Friday or Saturday. Zach Eady had 12 points, 6 of 6 from the floor. So he got some minutes there and a blowout for Team Canada. I, it seems to be that Canada and the United States would be the two favorites in this one. So we'll see if that matchup happens and if Zach Eady gets any minutes. You're gonna get a, you're gonna get a Zach Eady versus Walker Kessler one on one in the post. How about that? And that's How like about that? something we could have gotten college basketball <laughs> just say, two years ago. What is it, January? What right. <laughs> what's it college basketball? Give me one more swoosh, Mark. Can I have one more swoosh? Just one more. I always always fool you. Give me one more swoosh. We did have one game last night. Texans winners over the Saints, 17-13. C.J. Stroud got two series. He was 2 of 4, 16 yards, uh, and a touchdown there. And also NFL news. I'm sure we can talk about this. You mentioned about Jonathan Taylor. Will he be traded? Trey Lance, who ended a damn thing in the uh, in the NFL. Trey Lance got a fourth-round pick. Uh, did San Francisco after they traded 72 first-rounders to get him a couple years ago. They get a fourth back from the Dallas Cowboys. So did I see after the game that C.J. Stroud officially named the week one starter. So we're going to get yeah. all three of those top four picks. You have to. I mean, starting it, week you've one. seen Davis Mills if you're Houston. And then the other guy they have is someone by the name of E.J. Perry. So there you go. Yeah. Can't say I'm familiar with E.J. Perry at all. For Colts fans out there curious of when those matchups will happen, that'll be week two. C.J. Stroud. Yep. Uh, is that the home debut for C.J. Stroud? I don't know if they open up. In Houston, uh, but at Houston for the Colts in week two, then in week nine, it would be in Carolina against Bryce Young, and then the season finale, obviously we'll see injury-related, who is still around come week 18, but Colts and Texans here at Lucas Oil Stadium, so... Uh, we'll see how that plays out. All right, on the other side, again, Jonathan Taylor, some latest on him. Adam Schefter seems to think that one team that was rumored to have interest in him is certainly not in the market for Jonathan Taylor. Does Schefter think a deal will get done before tomorrow's, again, Colts-imposed deadline of Tuesday at 4 o'clock? And also, Mo Cox could that be the surprise cut here in the next 36 hours? We'll get into all of that coming up here next. Again, a beautiful start to this Monday morning in Indy. It's a wake-up call. KB and Andy, you're on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. 
Yeah, I like this. Beautiful morning here in Indy. Dude, we should be doing the show outside, out on the deck. Glorious. How about that? It's fantastic. Uh, wake up call. Thank you for waking up with us. We got you to 10 o'clock. Coming up in about an hour, Bob Kravitz joins us here on the program. Uh, before we do a deep dive into JT, uh, Mark has this sound from Chicago. Uh, I want to get to that as well. They did tease us a little bit with college football on Saturday. Now, starting on Thursday, we're going to have football like it's, you know, we're going to have football like every day. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then of course the NFL kicks in, so what? We're going to go to mid-February, KB, to where we are going to have footballs on su- We're have football on Sunday. Can I be happy? Can I be happy about Notre Dame or because it's Navy, I'm not allowed to be? Uh, you can be happy. It's fine. I have no problem with you being happy. A win's you know? a win. Yeah. I mean, it. Vegas had a what? 20 and a half and they yeah. won by yeah, they, 39? They, they, they covered easily. Navy with that very sad field goal in the fourth Oh, that's sad. Is there anything sadder than the Less than Man. five minutes to go in the game, and you kick a field goal to avoid the shutout. Oh. Just one penalty for the whole game for the Irish. They scored touchdowns really? on their first five drives. So, just from an operational week one, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback standpoint, I, I was I was pleased. How not- drunk was that crowd? It had to be thick. It, it was rocking. It that place to- was rocking. Oh, you damn right it was rocking. People were having a good time. Guinness was flowing there. <laughs> Absolutely. In Dublin. Uh, Joe Montana just walking the sidelines. He was, yeah. He had his big old Guinness deal going there. he got an extra Super Bowl ring? Did you see that? No. The Chiron. They threw five-time Super Bowl Bowl champion. He's still Steve Young somewhere uh, along the line. If I say Joe Montana, do you guys know what that is? Every time I hear Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Waterboy. Come on. Waterboy. Waterboy reference at 730. I should have known that. You should have. Yeah. We failed. It's okay. Uh, So Mark can play this sound here, and obviously the big news over the next several hours, uh, if Tuesday really is the deadline, what is going to happen with Jonathan Taylor in one of those teams we've been talking about, the Chicago Bears. So what, you want me to intro it? Adam Schefter was on with ESPN Radio there and talked about the Bears and Taylor and just Taylor, will he be traded? Go ahead. They're not in on Jonathan Taylor. They're not in. They're not in. Definitely. Definitely. What can you tell us about Jonathan Taylor? They're not in. (laughs) (laughs) Who is? Well... You know, there are a lot of teams that would like to be, and I'm sure even the Bears would be interested in being, but you got to pay the Colts and you got to pay the player. So all I'm telling you is the Bears won't be trading for Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if anybody will. Um, it's a lot to give up for any one player. That'll be, I think, probably the big situation by Tuesday. There may be some other things that happen. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of little trades. The question is, is there a big trade? Mm. And is there a Jonathan Taylor trade? And my guess would be probably not, but Mm. these teams are going through their rosters, and we'll see if there's a team that decides to step up here in the next two days to make it happen. It could happen. My guess would be it doesn't because there's a lot that's involved in it. But it could, but the Bears won't be trading for Jonathan Taylor. Hmm. That's a slight change in his tone from last week, Andy. You know, I thought last week he was a little bit more on thought a trade would get done. Obviously, the Bears' stance is very aggressive, mm-hmm. and, and he clearly makes his point there. You mentioned in the opener, you think there's another team that we should be talking about with Taylor? Yeah, I mean, listen, we've the majority, you would say, probably 75% of the conversation has been around Miami. Sure. That, that, mm-hmm. That's probably right. fair, and there's been a little bit of Denver you've brought up, and there's been Chicago. I brought that up last, maybe our first show together. Maybe it was last Monday we talked about the Bears last Monday or Tuesday. 
I'm not saying this because, you know, listen, I'm a hater when it comes to this team, but the Dallas Cowboys should be the team. Uh, I mean, I know they have CeeDee Lamb. They have a contract out there. I know they have Micah Parsons, but they don't have the running backs to win the Super Bowl. Settle down. So you are not a Tony Pollard guy. I, listen, I'm a Tony Pollard guy, but I just think, I, I think Tony Pollard is Deuce a Vaughn. two. Well, and listen, Deuce Vaughn, that's a nice story. His dad called him in, what is it, the sixth round or whatever it was, and everyone in the room is crying and everything else. That dude's like, he's a change of pace. He's a special teams guy. He's uh, he's right now a poor man, Darren Sproles. The Cowboys have 21 and change in salary cap. Jerry Jones is, is chasing a championship, and I know they have guys, big-time players, that they want to pay right now, but they don't know what their quarterback situation is. You don't give up a fourth rounder to go get Trey Lance. Am I wrong there? Because Dak Prescott has been aight. Dak Prescott has had issues, turnover issues, injury issues. How much is he going to cost in the future? Like, I don't think the Cowboys are settled at quarterback, but if you are settled this year, to me, the, the Cowboys are the team. They're, cha- you know, they're, they're, they're in a good division. Quite frankly, they're chasing the Eagles in that division. We saw that last year. I would pick Philly to be better than them. I think my Giants have closed the gap perhaps a little bit. They are just the type of team that needs to get over the hump, KB. They're just the type of team that is absolutely in a win now, that is absolutely chasing with a fanatic owner. Uh, to me, and they have the and they have the draft picks. Like to me, and they got the money. And they just they got the money. To me, we've talked about Miami. It still may be Miami if it happens. Uh, but I don't understand why the Cowboys aren't talked about even more so with what they have to go after them. That's my team. Yeah, it's weird. The whole cap situation with them, you know, obviously they had an extension from Malik Hooker and the deal for Trayvon Diggs. We saw the Zach Martin holdout, how that played out. Again, I'm not going to act like what Jerry Jones said is 100% gospel, but they asked him pretty directly last week about it. Oh, yeah, and, I know. know. And he downplayed it. And Jerry Jones strikes me as a guy that, like, if he felt the need to, you know, that they were going to pursue Taylor or do something, he would have hinted at it. He just it, Jerry Jones seems like that type of guy. It's interesting to me, Andy, in a way, like the only teams we've really seen with legit interest, and it, maybe it is just the Dolphins from a public standpoint, but like no NFC teams. And isn't the NFC, I mean, don't it's, you look at that open. think it's wide, open. wide open? I mean, yeah. unless you view Philly on this pedestal compared to everything else on, on the Taylor front again the Colts made nine roster moves yesterday Andy I no surprises for me among the nine none of those guys were on my 53-man roster I would say the most notable name certainly the most notable NFL resume was they um, released Kenyon Drake mm-hmm. and I guess before we get into Kenyon Drake I, I I get this question a lot this time of year, so I just want to go over it for everybody. You're going to see two words used in the next 36 hours for guys that are cut. Waived and released. Waived means you've played less than four years in the NFL and you're subject to the waiver wire. So when Tuesday at 4 o'clock rolls around, 
everybody goes on the waiver wire that's played less than four years. Those guys that have been cut. And that's when you put in the waiver claim. So that's where the Colts sit number four after their four-win season last year. And they can make waiver claims for, again, mostly young players. That's where they've got the Jack Doyle, the Pierre Desir, the Kenny Moores of the world. Kenyon Drake, he falls into the category if he was released yesterday because he's played in the league for more than four years. At that point, the NFL says you've earned the right to be a free agent. So you can then pick where you're going, whereas waiver claim for a 24-hour period, you initially are subjected to those waivers. You can't be a free agent until you pass through those waivers. So I just wanted to make sure um, that's that's usually a popular question I get here uh, whenever these roster cuts roll around. So Kenyon Drake is cut, Andy. Now if you look at the running back room for the Colts, we're back to where we were week one of camp. Right. Kenyon Drake was the only real notable move they made. And he wasn't going to make the team. Throughout yeah. training camp. Right. So now we're back to this. Zach Moss's broken arm. Where he's at for week one. That's a question. And then two, and I don't think you and I have talked about this. It's a question I want to throw to Bob Kravitz when he joins us at 8.30. Should the Colts be pursuing Kareem Hunt? I know there's a yeah, lot of layers I, to that one. Th- there's a lot of la- Jake and I talked about it because you know he came in for a visit. The Colts reportedly yeah. made an offer to him, and Andy, there are he went to the Saints too. Is that where he visited? Sa- and Was it New Orleans the Vikings? Yeah, may, may were, have been. Were, were another team that he reportedly visited. So we haven't seen any movement yet, but. We are, again, back to the late July, early August of you look at a depth chart and it's Deion Jackson who's a little banged up. It's Jake Funk who's a little banged up. You've got Evan Hall, the fifth-round pick out of Northwestern, who to me is probably more of a pass catcher. Um, That's kind of a specialty, if you will, as a running back. Again, we'll see about Zach Moss, where he's at from that broken arm. That's a question for Shane Sykin here this week. But if Taylor is either going to be traded or... Or is going to miss time due to this ankle, which, I mean, hell, he's missed. Jonathan Taylor's missed like 40 straight Colts practices if you go back to last season. And you throw three games on top of it. So, again, that's a question that you have. So, where are you at? And I I know it's a little bit of a kind of spur of the moment thing. But with Kenyon Drake being cut, there's real no veteran healthy name in that room. Would or should Kareem Hunt be somebody they pursue? I feel like Kareem Hunt was was 2020 was the last year where he was productive, right? Like Kareem Hunt, remember he he goes from Kansas City to Cleveland and he was like the fantasy football handcuff for everybody. <laughs> he had to have Kareem Hunt. Uh, you he know, would come in on the goal line yeah, and take all of well, Nick Chubb's touchdowns. Yeah, and, away. He, and he would well, he was getting receptions too. He would get you know 30, 40 receptions, so there would be some value there. I mean, heck, in 2020, man, he had 11 touchdowns which is a pretty good number for a guy who was easily the second running back there. I 2020 is a long time I, ago it, when you're talking about a running back. Listen, I, I to, to me, Kareem Hunt is, at this point in his career, he's more of a name. Is he not? Uh, he's more of a name that you remember because he has been productive, right? Right. I mean, he's I also mean, been it, in trouble, uh, but he's been productive as well. I don't know. I think a couple years ago, Kareem Hunt would have turned me on a lot more than we sit here today. I mean, when he led the I league in know. rushing, I, Rosie Bowen was three years away from being even a thought. 2017. In the Bowen family. Like, I, I just... What was I doing in 2017? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think where it feels I even so, lived it in It feels so long ago. It really yeah, does. 2017. I was a square resident in 2017. Yeah, I, I am... Um, 
I, I've kind of made my stance on on Cream Hunt. I guess we can cross that bridge if we need to again. Um, I am not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it off the field, and I'm not a fan of it on the field. Um, but I do think, Andy, the relevance of veteran running back move, that is still there. I mean, the Colts clearly thought it was needed in late July, early August right. with the move for Kenyon Drake. Do they still feel that way in late August? Well, I think especially that if you move Taylor. Right, that is yeah. something to certainly keep an eye on here over the next couple of days. Uh, among those nine cuts yesterday, I would say the other name of note would be more from a local angle. And Andy, we have this trend here in Indianapolis where I think the Colts tied an NFL record at one point. I think two years ago is when the streak broke. It was like a 21 or 22-year run where an undrafted free agent made the Colts week one roster. Um, it was certainly a long, long list of, I would say, even notable names. I mean, you've had a Gary Brackett turn into a great player. Jeff Saturday is an undrafted guy. Um, you know, Jack Doyle was an undrafted name. Not all of them being necessarily undrafted by the Colts right away, but they've had a pretty strong pedigree of that. Um, back during the draft, the Colts signed Emil Echior Jr., who played at Alabama, started at Alabama for three years, went to Cathedral High School here on the east side of Indianapolis, and by all accounts, it was like a medical thing that, that, that really forced him to drop as much as he did. I mean, a three-year starter at Alabama to go undrafted doesn't happen every day. Uh, and he played right guard, which... You could make the argument that's the biggest question for the Colts um, entering this season. So, um, Echior Jr. does not make the team. He gets cut very early on. And when I look at this roster, and again, 107.5 The Fan is where my latest 53-man roster look is, I don't see an undrafted free agent making this team. Um, I didn't necessarily think anyone outside of Echior potentially jumped off the page back in the spring. And as you watch training camp unfold, he was a little banged up. They seem to be rotating in a whole lot of other guys at that right guard spot. He got a couple of looks, but not many. Um, So, again, I don't think an undrafted guy is going to make this team. So I know when people saw the list of the nine players cut yesterday, that was probably the other name that I got asked about of, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about him. So I would say no undrafted free agent. We did get official word, by the way, on Saturday. Broken ankle for Danny Pinter. Mm-hmm. His 2023 season, which is a contract year for him, is over. Andy, as I start to look at this list, 6, 7, 8, 9. If I'm making an offensive line depth sheet right now for the 6th, 7th, and 8th, and ninth guys, the 6th guy is a 4th round rookie. The seventh and eighth guys have never played a snap in the NFL. And the ninth guy is named Arlington Hambright, and he has not played a snap in the NFL since 2020. It's a great name. It's a, He's a dignitary. That's what and he sounds like. It sounds like British royalty to me. He sounds like someone who goes to Virginia. That's a UVA joke. I don't know. He just sounds like someone who goes to UVA. Seems like he owns like the biggest suite at Manchester United. <laughs> That's exactly right. You guys aren't soccer guys, are you? You guys watch that at all? Before football shows up, you watch it at 8 o'clock in the morning? I do not. I got to cut my losses somewhere. I don't think Matty Bowen would appreciate me hopping on an EPL. You know, My brothers are super into it. I'm, I watch it, but not, not to that degree. By the I, do, way, I, I do get in a little bit to the international scene. Like I, I think it's fascinating that the U.S. men's team is so bad compared to 
obviously other countries. Well, you know, KB, if, I, we, put I, I our, know. if we put our best yeah. athletes. LeBron and goal. If, if Flory Badunga yeah, striker. If Odell Beckham was playing. By the way, I'm looking at Mark right now. Every time, I want to rule on the show if we can do it. Anytime Jack Doyle is referenced. Can I get the Andrew Luck Jack Doyle? <laughs> like it, it, that was like a great just, find by just, Mark on that just one. Just at any point, if Jack Doyle is uttered, especially by KB, I think you've uttered him three times Have I? in six shows well, that we've a done. High school classmate, a, a, a terrific human. <laughs> Don't say Jack Doyle three times in a mirror, otherwise it's like a Bloody Mary situation. <laughs> that was great. Did you have that, Mark, when you found that, or did you? I mean, just I just I literally just googled. Nowhere. Andrew Luck, Jack Doyle, and that clip popped up instantly. So, absolutely, I'm always looking for Jack Doyle. Uh, no, no, I mean, he's 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 awesome. He's the best. You know. Ah, the good old days. Uh, but everything it, was so simple back then. Hey, man, O line depth. Uh, you know, tomorrow at four o'clock when those waiver claims start to be processed, and Wednesdays when we kind of officially get word. Uh, I mean, six, seven, eight, nine. And again, this is where I scratch my head, Andy, because I've had issues in the past with wide receiver. Like, I don't think Chris Bauer has invested enough in trying to support quarterbacks. But again, that is not a belief of his. A belief of his is offensive line. Is the offensive line, So that's why I am so just like, what? When six, seven, eight, nine right now. Now, I know Danny Pinter just got hurt, and obviously you were going to factor him into one of those spots. But when you even get into that part of it, because I did this exercise a few years ago when San Francisco and Kansas City made the Super Bowl. The Colts had really poor offensive line play that year. I, I should say they had poor depth. They had to rely on it and didn't work out. That year, San Francisco and Kansas City, in making the Super Bowl, they needed their backup offensive linemen. I think it was to start like 18 and 20 games respectively. So just normal offensive line wear and tear, injuries, attrition, whatever you want to call it, you got to rely on that group to start more than a full season. So in some way, shape, or form, six, seven, eight, nine on your list, they're going to combine for about 20 starts. It sounds like what it, and this is, it, here's what I think you're doing, and I think you're right. Tell me if I'm wrong. We're talking about Mo Alley Cox, and I know you ask about that over the weekend, and we're talking about Jonathan Taylor, and we're talking about Anthony Richardson, and we're doing all this talking about everything else, but how much of it matters if the offensive line isn't good enough? And I feel like you're giving a reality check, KB, to those people that, hey, we can talk about Taylor, we can talk about anyone else, any other unit on this team, but the conversation around the offensive line needs to be a it needs to be much higher on the list when we analyze how many games this team is going to win. Well, I think you can make a strong argument, Andy, that the offensive line started the domino of all disastrous dominoes last year. Like they were the root of it. If they play better, does the statuette quarterback look a tad more competent? And you could make the argument Matt Ryan's arm was shot, so maybe not. Um, But your run game, of course, struggled last season. Taylor's injury played into some of that as well. So I think that's where, anytime you got a rookie quarterback, and we've got scar tissue in this market with luck, um, you know, how does that play into some things? On the Josh Jacobs front, that franchise tag, what the Raiders did with that, they took it from what was it, 10 million ish, just a little over 10 million, and bumped it up to, I think, nearly 12 million with incentives. Again, Jonathan Taylor is due four point, I think it's four point two or four point three million this season. He's not on the franchise tag like Saquon Barkley, like Josh Jacobs. 
Can the Colts see what the Raiders did with Jacobs and do the same thing? Well, here's the thing. They're not going to get the chance because, uh, what, he was going to make 10-1 just like Saquon Barkley? And so they've sweetened the deal but they were going to be under the tag. They were going to make more. They were going to. They're going to make more money now. Uh, well, Barkley and Jacobs, right? I mean, they're going to make more money now than they would have just simply played on the tag this year. And so you make them happy. I, I think for me, isn't this what we've talked about, KB? Can, and I've and I've been doing this since last Monday. Can you sweeten the deal, right? For right. for Jonathan Taylor, yeah, JMV says, can you massage yeah. the situation? Which you know. But what does that number look like? If you go from four, yeah, if you go from four to seven, these teams at least had a baseline that you're going to be paid over ten million dollars. That's not I mean, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. no, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Even if you're on the tag and you come in and you're not happy, but you're playing on the tag, and we know we know how that is uh, with these running backs. So, like to me. To me, the Giants and the Raiders made their, you know, running back one of their better players for both teams. They made them just feel better about the situation without having to give up too much and money tied to incentives, which is, of course, good sure, for, which sure. is good. You know, if Barkley goes out and has 1,200 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns and catches 45 balls, I'm going to be happy, right? And I think there's and, a playoff element yeah, and go ahead, to throw, the incentives throw, with yeah, Saquon Throw him another mill, throw him another two mil, something like that. The can the like like to me Ballard you said is speaking win Wednesday that's the question if Jonathan Taylor is on this roster and he's on the 53 and there's a lot of water to go under the bridge here KB but if you're telling me if Chris Ballard is answering questions on Wednesday excuse me on Jonathan Taylor to to me that is like besides 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 his his health which they're not going to give you much information there it's wh- what can we do here and that's been something I've been yelling about since last Monday what can you and Taylor may say I don't even want that yeah right th- that that element I think we probably need to bring up more and unfortunately it's an unknown because we've yet to hear from Taylor since June but would that be enough you know would just a bump in pay for 2023 be enough or is Taylor's hard line in the sand which again he doesn't have a ton of leverage here is the hard line in the sand saying no 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 I need multi- multiple multiple years he would be the only one with the hard line in the sand Jacobs gave in Saquon Barkley gave in even quicker than Josh Jacobs Josh Jacobs went all the way to went all the way to yesterday before Jacobs putting and, his name in Jacobs and Barkley gave in but 10 million 11 12 million is Pretty nice money to give yeah. in on. And you they know, got more Jacob, money. Er, yeah. Taylor, again, I, we're talking here in NFL terms because to any of us, we'd happily do this. But $4 million is different than obviously 10 or 11 they, Those guys were first-round picks too. That We should mention that. Taylor, not a first-round pick. So Taylor has not made right. the amount of money no, you're right. that those guys have. I, I will say this on Taylor too in terms of sweetening the pot, if you will. Jonathan Taylor right now, the Colts just had one of the worst offensive seasons this franchise has had in eons. If you look at it in the last few years of the NFL, it's one of the worst offenses league-wide in the last few years. Jonathan Taylor is the fifth highest paid player in this offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we debate who the best player is in this offense, it's Jonathan Taylor, what, 80% of the vote, and maybe Quentin Nelson gets a little bit of it? Like, I, I, yeah, maybe, maybe it's higher than that. I think it's 90. So yeah. let's just say for, you know, argument's sake, he is... <laughs> Easily first, maybe second. Now, all of a sudden, if you look at how much you're paying him, that's where his frustration is. He's saying to the Colts, I'm the fifth highest paid player on this offense. That doesn't add up. So that's where I think sweetening the deal, 
Would it help? It would certainly help a little. But again, is that enough to satisfy Taylor? Or do you need the multiple years on that end? Is Mo Ali Cox a surprise cut? What do you make of Shane Sykin's comments on Mo Ali Cox? If you were in his fan club or his whatever family team, etc., would you like what the head coach had to say? We'll play that audio on the other side ahead of roster cuts coming four o'clock on Tuesday. Bob Kravitz joins us in a half hour. It's a wake up call. KB and Andy, 93.5, The fan. Coming up in about a half an hour, Bob Kravitz going to join us here. Andy Sweeney, Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. I don't know if you guys happen to see over the weekend. And we're going to get back into some Jonathan Taylor stuff. I have some Anthony Richardson numbers as well. What happens to Mo Cox? We'll have that sound here in about 60 seconds. I just had to throw this out there. You see Vanderbilt Stadium wasn't done and they opened, they hosted Hawaii. No, I did not see that. I saw they struggled with the the Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, well, well, their stadium's not near done. Oh wow! Okay, so they have cranes. that's probably a good thing considering the types of crowds they attract. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have well they had cranes that were holding the net, the netting for a field goal, and they had another crane that was holding the big the big screen, if you will, the scoreboard. But that's not the funniest thing. I mean, you know, they're in the SEC. Wait, you the jumbotron a, was hung by a screen it, it, or by a crane? Yeah, yes, yeah, somehow. Yeah, you have to look this up. But that's not the funniest thing. Hawaii. Their locker room was a tent. <laughs> like a, is this a local jamboree like, on like a Saturday a, morning? Yeah, like a, like a tent you would see, like, I don't know, like a beer festival yeah, or uh-huh. just, like a, just like a big tent that you would see. Not a circus tent, but just a tent that would be set up. And I don't know how hot it was in Nashville. Yeah, we but got this from St. Michael Festival here that <laughs> yeah. they need it next week. <laughs> gotta make sure you guys don't break it. Hawaii oh had God. to be out of there by five because there's a wine tasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. It's a beautiful campus. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Vanderbilt. Yeah, I have, oh, yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful campus. You guys will like this quickly in Vanderbilt, and then we'll get into the hardcore sports talk. This is awful. I told you it was awful. I mean, just for that, the SEC SEC should kick them out. Week zero for everybody. And they get all the money, too. It's not like they get less of the money. It's not like, you know, Alabama's getting 50 mil a year on TV. Vanderbilt gets that, too. It's not like they get 25 and everyone else gets 50. Which is incredible. You guys will like this. Uh, I weaseled my way. Uh, you know, Kentucky Derby multiple times. And me and a buddy are there at the Kentucky Derby and we're on the we're on the very basically like the near the finish line, okay? And there's these women there and this woman has uh, her daughter and her daughter is just absolutely beautiful. And and you know, we're talking to the mom and everything else. And both me and my buddy went to the lie of, Oh yeah, we go to Vanderbilt. <laughs> she goes, Oh, so does my daughter. <laughs> How'd that oh, work? You called me on the lie. How are you going to call me on the lie? This is years were you, ago. Were you able to weasel your way through it any further? No, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, maybe. Maybe <laughs> maybe a little bit, but not very much. So, Mo Alley Cox, so you were on this Zoom, correct? Yeah. On Saturday? It, you know, every year at this time, it's okay. Who, who could be a surprise cut? You know, what's a notable name? What's a veteran that could be a surprise cut? And it seems like Mo Ali Cox has kind of been a popular name that you know fans have asked about, and I understand the reasoning. I mean, the tight end group has a lot of young draft picks in that room. I think Mo Ali Cox is a little bit of a we expect more because we've seen this in the NFL of the basketball player turned tight end star, and like there's just this infatuation with finding the next one. And he just has never, I think, fully lived up to whatever those Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez, Darren Waller expectations are. Um, so he's a name that's been 
thrown out there. He's been a little banged up, not as much as Jelani Woods this uh, offseason, but he has been banged up. Um, so I figured with a new offensive coach and Shane yeah. Steichen running the show, the question uh, was worth asking. So I asked Shane Steichen on Saturday exactly what he envisioned for Mo Ali Cox this season. Yeah, no, he's a leader in there. Obviously, a veteran guy, and there's some good, you know, good nucleus talent around him. You know, just to be a leader, um, and uh, we'll go from there. But the tight end group as a whole was really solid. I know we were in and out, banged up injuries, but guys were stepping up during training camp. Um, and that, that, that position is going to be, you know, some tough decisions to be made there coming up in the next couple of days. Andy, if you are a member of the Mo Alley Cox family, Mark, how about one more time on oh. that? Again, what he envisions for Mo Alley Cox here in 2023. Yeah, no, he's a leader in there, obviously a veteran guy. And there's some good, you know, good nucleus talent around him, you know, just to be a leader. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. But the tight end group as a whole was really solid. I know we were in and out, banged up injuries, but guys were stepping up during training camp. Um, and that, that, that position is going to be, you know, some tough decisions to be made there coming up in the next couple of days. I mean, he didn't say anything about Mo Ali Cox's game. Called him a leader. He called him a leader one time and he said, we'll go from there, which is always a statement that you probably don't want to hear. I, I mean, I don't know. The guy's got 1,100 yards in five years. <laughs> no, no, no. I, again, I, you know, I don't want to act like know. you would be cutting, um, you know, whatever, yeah. some yeah. extremely notable tight end. Why? And Matthew asked this earlier. Matthew tweeted, um, and saying, why the heck would Mo Ali Cox even be considered a surprise cut? Only attribute I've ever heard is, hey, did you hear he used to play basketball? Yeah, that is the most common theme on, on the broadcast. Where I would find it notable, and again, surprise is the word we use. It, it, notable is probably the better one to use. Of like, He's the longest tenured skill player on your team. So when you talk about running backs, wideouts, and tight ends right now, he's the guy that's been around the longest. And where I would consider it to be notable, Andy, is this. I think you could make the argument, frankly, not even argument now that I think about it out loud. Moelle Cox is easily one of the players that Chris Ballard has been obsessed with the most. He signed him very early in his tenure. He gave him, just last March, we're, we're talking, what, 16 months ago, he gave him a three-year extension for $18 million. If you look at skill players in the seven years of Chris Ballard's GM-ship, three years for $18 million, he ain't handing those out to many guys. Now, you can make the argument, well, that's because he hasn't drafted great skill players. Sure, but there are not many running backs, wideouts, or tight ends that Chris Ballard has given that length and that value of a contract to. And again, that was just 16 months ago. And it's not like Mo Cox tore his ACL in the last year plus or tore his Achilles. So for me, if they are to make a move where either Mo Cox is traded or is cut between tomorrow at four, it's another reminder of Shane Steichen's here. And there are different tight ends in that room. And Shane did say there, guys have stepped up. And I think he's talking about Drew Ogletree, the sixth-round pick from last year, or Will Mallory, when mm-hmm. he's been out there and flashes the fifth-round pick. Kylan Granson has been practicing every single day. So that is a name, Andy, I think we have to watch for tomorrow. It's what do they do with Mo Cox? Currently, I've got five tight ends being kept. But as I brought up to Greg Rakestraw last Friday... You trade Mo Alley Cox to the Mo Alley Cox equivalent on the O line or the Mo Alley Cox equivalent at running back. That is something that I think would make sense. You should have to live in reality, though, and realize he has played. And has he played extremely well? No, but he's played decent football for you. And a lot of those tight ends either have not played at all 
or there's questions about how available they are. We brought up Jelani Woods earlier. Nate He's At- the one, yeah. Nate Atkins from the Star tweeted last night, you know, torn hamstring for Woods. Again, what exactly is a tear? I mean, you know, you always hear the phrase of a strain is a tear. You know, that's that's the common, oh, he's got a strained hamstring. Well, that technically is a tear if you want to look at it from a medical sense. So when would Jelani Woods be back, I guess, is the question, because he's missed tons of time this offseason. But considering he's been on the football team since 2018, he's played more than anybody else in that skill room. Chris Ballard just handed him a three-year, $18 million deal last March. That's why Mo Cox falls in the notable category. Yeah, I mean, does the leader thing matter when you have a new regime? Uh, like, I'm asking, and the answer might be yes. If if Mo Cox makes the team, then the answer is yes to that question that I throw out there. Being a leader, because his numbers, you know, if, if this year you're looking at a guy who's going to have 300 yards and a couple touchdowns, that's not going to move the needle. I guess for me, I mean, given that Mallory, and you wrote this on the website, he's going to be claimed. He was a fifth-round pick, right? And every, I don't think you're sneaking him through. No, I don't think you are either. And so he's going to make the team. Ogletree, going to make the team. Granson, going to make the team. And Jelani Woods, like, don't you feel like those four guys, perhaps three of them KB, are ahead of Mo Ali Cox? On the depth chart, I mean, you feel that way specifically if Woods is healthy and if Gra- and, and with Granson, right? Like the, those two. If you just took out Mallory and Ogletree and everybody was healthy, I mean, you would have Mo Ali Cox behind Granson and behind uh, Jelani Woods. I mean, fans, if you're going youth movement and you're not going to win a bunch of games, you want to see Jelani Woods play a ton. By the way, side note on Mo Ali Cox, you want to know why Jonathan Taylor is frustrated? Give me well, a side note because he got three and eighteen. Mo Ali Cox makes more money this season than Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Mo Ali Cox uh, you know, makes we, we, what? We're talking about a surprise cut. Yeah. And he's making more money than arguably your best offensive player. And again, maybe not even arguably. Um, I do think on the trade front for Mo Ali Cox, think about some head coaches around the NFL right now. Okay. And the Colts ties. Of? Frank Reich, Nick Sirianni. Arizona. Jonathan Gannon in Arizona. Matt Eberflus in Chicago. I mean, those are four coaches that, again, have obviously coached Mo and, and by all accounts, you know, I think he's been a guy that a lot of coaches enjoy having and, and you know, work ethic and all of those things. So, um, could the Colts uh, do something trade value, not Taylor related, here in the next 36 hours? I think that is a name because we, 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 we commonly see that where teams trade kind of late day three picks. Didn't the Steelers do a trade yesterday? Like Schefter mentioned it earlier in some of that audio. You're going to see a lot of little trades. The Giants got uh, Isaiah Simmons for yeah. a sixth, seventh rounder a couple days ago. So basically yeah. teams look at it and say, hey, you're going to cut this guy. We're going to cut that guy. Why don't we just swap them via trade? I'm trying to think. Was it Philip Dorsett for Jacoby Bursett? I'm thinking out loud here. I, I feel like that was the trade the Colts did right before the start of the 2017 season of we're going to cut Dorsett. We need a quarterback because Scott Tolzien, for some reason we thought he wouldn't be Scott Tolzien, Scott and he Tolzien. still is Scott Tolzien. Um, so we need to <laughs> add to our quarterback room. So I'd like to do an entire hour on Scott Tolzien. I would like to do an Tolzien. entire Scott uh, Tolzien hour where you guys just reminisce about your favorite moments with him. Uh, the first play of that Rams game, he threw a pick six in 2017. Uh, by the way, a Bengals, I just, t- I just typed in Mo Alley Cox uh, trade. Okay, I just typed it into the old Google machine here uh, in the drivehuber.com studios. 
the Bengals come up the most that they would want tight end insurance? How would a sixth rounder feel for you for Mo Ali Cox? Yeah, I, you know, draft pick, but I'm a little bit more curious, Andy. Like again, could you find his equivalent O line? I mean, we've right. gone over the O line depth chart. It's beyond inexperienced with the Danny Pinter season ending injury from Thursday night. You know, running back as well. Is there a Okay, let's go back to the Kareem Hunt name, Andy. Kareem Hunt is how old? 20 uh, He's got to be sitting pretty close to 30. I can look it up, but he's got to be sitting pretty close to 30, right? Okay, so he's a nearly a 30-year-old running back. And let's not talk about Kareem Hunt off the field for a second. Nearly 30 years old and just averaged 3.8 yards per carry. Do you need to spend money to sign that? Or can you trade a Mo Alley Cox for a dude that just average whatever 4.4 a carry and is 23 years old 24 right. years old you know i think those are some of the avenues that you'd he's be 28 gonna be 29 is kareem hunt at. i kind of think kareem hunt's washed well i think the nfl feels like he's like there's, there's not much there right there's certainly some evidence to point to that uh, yeah, I, yes, I would say so. Coming up in 15 minutes, Bob Kravitz is going to join us. Uh, can I throw something to Anthony Richardson your way? Would that be okay? Scott Tolzien pick six was the third play of the game. It was the first pass of the game. Uh, I should say the first pass of the Colts. The Rams actually got the ball to start that game. Frank Gore, two yards. Frank Gore, negative two yards, third and ten. Scott Tolzien pick six. <laughs> is Frank Gore a Hall of Famer? Uh, he is. Okay. Even though he's a compiler, as my Mike Francesa would say he's a compiler. Longevity for a running back in the years of the 2000s, that matters to uh, me. Listen, I, I'm there. Scott Tolzien, two touchdowns, nine interceptions. Wisconsin. He screams Big Ten quarterback. Jim, Jim Sorgi, greater <laughs> really, than Scott he really Tolzien. Does. Definitely. Sorgi. Uh, uh, Anthony Richardson. Uh, can I throw this your way? And yeah. I believe these numbers, Warren Sharp put these up, and I've had to add a, a few because C.J. Stroud uh, threw the ball, I believe, four times. He had two series, uh, you know, something like you know, ten plays ish. Now this is not reps. This is this is pr- uh, preseason dropbacks. Okay, Sam Howell had forty four. Uh, Jordan Love had thirty seven. Anthony Richardson had thirty four. Bryce Young had 31, Russell Wilson 22, uh, C.J. Stroud had 19, then last night, again, add 5 or 6 to that number, so let's say it's about 25, and then Mahomes and Allen 18. I say that because we, and I know it's because it was the only preseason game and the fans here in Indianapolis wanted to see Anthony Richardson, and they didn't tell you before the game, you didn't know for sure when you went to Lucas Oil that he was not going to be able to play, but when you look at how much he played, Played against Philadelphia, and again, I know Buffalo and Philadelphia were against the twos that you can't control what the other team does, but I give you those two games playing that entire half in Philadelphia, and then if I could, uh, as JMV would say, massage it a little bit, I say, well, I didn't play in Lucas Oil against Chicago, but he had those practices uh, back-to-back days here in Indianapolis against Chicago's first-team defense, and I tell you that Anthony Richardson had the third-most dropbacks in the preseason. Does it change that narrative at all, KB? Like, at all? Yeah, to be fair, I think it does a little bit. Um, I, I still think we're in a boat with Anthony Richardson. That all echo kind of a topic we talked about last week. No one is anywhere close to being like him. 
Bryce Young, what, Heisman Trophy and how many starts? Yeah. C.J. Stroud does that against Georgia in the in the college football semifinal. I mean, Anthony Richardson never sniffed. And Jordan Love's been in the NFL. Those, right. those moments. So, and Jordan Love even at Utah State, you know, started and, and played in bowl game. You know, like, there was just more there. So, um, I still think Richardson is so much of an outlier and experience from all those guys that he should be... He should be above them, frankly, in preseason reps. And he should be way above them in preseason reps. Um, Jordan Love has, what, been in that system for how many years now? So, uh, for those reasons, I do think... um, I think Love's not going to be bad either. I actually think Green Bay, people are kind of writing them off. And I know Mark probably hates hearing that. (laughs) Boy, that was ready. I know you, Kevin. I mean, who who wins that division? Is it Detroit? No, I'm not anybody picking. but Green Bay. I'm not. I'm not picking. I mean, uh, I listen. Are you going Vikings I, again? I love no. I love man. I'll go. Listen, I have no problem saying Green Bay. I live Man Campbell. I want to believe in Dan Campbell, who who epitomizes football. Right? Like, oh, my foot hurts. I'll chop it off and I'll keep playing NFL football. Are you eating your kneecap? Yeah, I'll eat my kneecap. But for some reason, didn't he want a real life tiger to be on the sideline like LSU yeah. has? Lion. In the, yeah. Oh yeah. In the, yeah. Oh yeah. Of course, a lion. What I say, I mean, a tiger. Goodell, you got to sign off on that. You yeah, Goodell's not going to sign off on that. You sure as hell know he's not going to sign off on that. Mark, by the way. Give me I, a line on the sideline. Come on. I totally spaced. I owe you a six-pack of beer, don't I? Yeah, that's okay. Brownsburg 45, Cathedral mm-hmm. 31. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, not a lot of defense God, Friday night with say. you fellas. How about that? If I remember correctly, I think it was a high-scoring regular season game last year. Then the playoffs, they played each other again. Cathedral defense showed up, and they won. But uh, that's a six-pack. I did. We did not get any pushback for betting on high school sports. So, no. luckily, that's because guys around here are betting on high school or betting oh. on high school sports. I think oh, we're good why. on that end. I'll keep looking to my right and hope that a six pack finds its way over here. It's well, like you, you said week. like anything. You need to give them a specific. Like, no, I, I don't I, know. I, I would like. I don't mind. He I bet some variety. PBR. You can okay. switch it up. I'll try a sour, a stout, a port. I don't Ooh. care. Grab whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm up for anything. Congrats on that victory, by the way. Did any but, of you guys take Notre Dame minus twenty and a half? I said 38-13 on Friday. Uh, I, took, I, I took Navy in the points just I'm not <laughs> just for <laughs> blanks and giggles. Mm-hmm. Betting against the service academies is something I never like to do. Like mm-hmm. you, when you bet Navy Army, you can't. I mean, can you really bet that game? I felt it was my American duty. To, you just have to, to bet. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an American. You're damn right. I'm betting on the armed services. Yeah. I mean, you got to be able. Listen, it kills me. You got to be able to throw the ball. It's not, like Navy's not even doing like a quirky offense. They're just doing like a like a basic run offense. Notre Dame had to love that. What are we doing? They're in the third quarter. Were they in the fourth quarter? Maybe with negative passing yards, KB. Well, like, sacks, sacks do play I, into that. I but know, yes. but you should still be able by the fourth quarter no, 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 to no. have a hundred yards to where even if you were sacked three times for twenty yards, that you're not sitting there at negative yards. What a disgrace! Come on, what are we doing? An early look at West Lafayette and Bloomington for this Saturday. You've got Purdue favored by four and a half. Noon kickoff with Fresno. That, that That's good body clock for Purdue. Fresno State's not going to be used to 9 a.m. local time kickoff. I'll take Purdue. How about that? I'll take them in the four and a half. I like that. Fresno won 10 games last year, but that's 9 a.m. Pacific for Fresno State having to get ready for Ross-Aid at noon. Ross-Aid, some renovations. Ball State's at Kentucky. Am I seeing this? Yes, Ball State uh, is... 26.5 point the, underdog. Uh, the, the Mark Stoops and Kentucky football non-conference schedule is a gift that keeps on giving. And Tom Allen keeping it close to the vest. Ryan Day cannot sleep this week thinking about who's going to start a quarterback for the Hoosiers. That is a, I I cannot believe I'm seeing this. 330 CBS game, Ohio State at Indiana. The Buckeyes are favored by 
30. Is, this, is it still 28 and a half? 30 and a half. 29 and a half. Oh, that feels like you're going to be sweating that one in the fourth quarter, right? Like there's going to be a late score, like because thirty's the number. We all agree that you know that you know thirty's the number, right? Four touchdowns. You backdoor your way for oh. IU. I'm trying to look at the best game here now. Week yeah. one is it West Virginia Penn State? Do we know where College Game Day is going to be? Oh, LSU Florida State Sunday night. There you go. Yeah, that's going to be the biggie. Yeah, that's a night. Nice, yeah, that's nice. LSU CBS, Florida State. CBS has to be ready to dump out of that IU. Ohio State game, right? They paid all the money to do say, that. Yeah. Uh, Isn't this part of the Big Ten scheduling You know the CBS theme and you know it's going to be Rutgers and uh, whoever else. Like when I hear that music, I should be it should be pom poms of Auburn in the air or hundred thousand people in Jordan Newland or something yeah. like that. Which you're going to, by the way. I know, I can't Have wait. we talked about that on the I air? Can't. Yeah, Tennessee, yeah. Georgia, able, yeah. you're going to that? Oh, it's going to be fantastic. That is the middle of November. Fantastic. Do I want the night game, or should I just hope for the afternoon game? Well, I mean, he, here's the thing. Uh, how much? You at least want 3.30, do you not? Oh, sure, yeah, sure, You sure. at least yeah, want yeah, yeah. 3.30. I mean, yeah. to me... Do I want 3.30 or 8? Boy, I tell you, don't you want 8 o'clock? I and, don't know. There's something and about does that. does my liver have a vote? Well, I guess that would be the thing. How much... <laughs> How much of a drinker are you? Like, in other words, are you good at drinking? And if you drink, can you make it to eight o'clock without being without being very tired and yawning? That would be the questions that I would have. But you'll be fine. You'll get one or the other. But no, we have Florida Utah. That's a good game. And we got games, man. Oh, yeah, Florida Utah. That was a Anthony Richardson type of moment last year. Man, we got games. I'm so ready for Florida's it. going to Utah. That's uh, great. Yeah, remember they played. Remember they played last year too. Anthony Richardson won that game, right? Yeah, but they good, won that game. Good on the SEC for you know. Good oh, on, good know, on Florida for traveling to play at Utah. I would just assume that would be. I don't know. Let's eh, play in the Denver Broncos Stadium. I know it's not even the same state, but you sound like John Calipari. Try, we will not play. We will not play yeah. at your home or our home. We will only play in you know Chicago or something like that. It's a it's a fine weekend. It did kill me a little bit. The game day went off at noon on Saturday, KB, and I'm like, I got. Two Two and a half hours until Notre Dame crushes Navy. What what are we doing? Throw something up there. Yeah. Throw Northern We're, Illinois, Kansas. Give I me know. give me something to, to gamble on or just give me something to watch. Yeah. I can't do two and a half hours of Jason Garrett. Give me Bishop Sycamore again if you can <laughs> find them. Play IMG Academy for a rematch. Oh, we got Bob Kravitz in five minutes before we get to Bob. Morning check down time. All right, coming up in about five minutes, Tyrese Halliburton going to be in action with Team USA. So if you're looking for a little morning basketball, you're going to get it from the Philippines. Halliburton was pretty good, as usual, coming off the bench on Saturday. Some struggling moments for Team USA early on against New Zealand. But Austin Reeves, Halliburton, Paolo Boncaro um, with some big bench minutes from the United States. So they win their first group stage. They've got Jordan coming up this week. I would say Greece would be probably their toughest of these three teams. Again, no Giannis, but uh, Team USA should have no issue. Patino used to coach them, you know. Really? Yeah, Patino coached them. Of course, we always said, is it Greece, uh, G-R-E-A-S-E, or... 
it. That would work. He did that when he was banished. Remember when he was banished yeah. out? He went, and, he went and did that. Why did I think it was Puerto Rico? Or, uh, or, or, am I imagining things? Uh, no, I think Calipari coached one of those teams, too. Uh, Reds losers 5-2. Sorry, KB. It was the big weekend set there in Arizona. Red legs dropped three of four to the Diamondbacks. Now full six games back in the Central. But the number you need to know is one and a half. They're one and a half back of the third wild card spot. The Cubbies won uh, yesterday. The Marlins won yesterday. The Giants won yesterday. The Brewers won't lose a damn the game. The Brewers no, won yesterday. Uh, so the Reds, not a good weekend for your boys. <sighs> Big series. Big series continue. Giants and Cubs coming up here this week. Congrats to Scott Dixon. Very vintage from Scott Dixon yesterday at Gateway. He did not start in the top 10, but for the seventh time in his career, he went from outside of the top 10 to victory lane. Scott Dixon, back-to-back wins for him. Again, Alex Pillow still going to win the championship uh, season series. But two races left, uh, now out west for IndyCar here as they conclude their 2023 season. Yeah, just quickly for me, Indians 2-1 over Iowa yesterday. Fever got the win over Atlanta. Now three in a row, 83-80. So there you go, three in a row. How about that? Yeah, Fever playing good basketball here to close out the year. They've got five games left. Do people want this. that or they want the Caitlin Clark? I know, I know. All of a sudden they're climbing the standings. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Fever Caitlin faithful, Clark, a little torn here. It's like the Texans last year. You Entertaining guys losses. It. Oh, it's, like, it's, it's time to win a damn game. Like, No, it's not. It's time it's to like, get Bryce Young. It's like, it's like the Colts. Jeff Saturday did his job, did he not? He, Yes, he yes he did. Jeff Saturday did do his job. Yes. On the other side, Bob Kravitz joins us next here. It's a wake up call. KB and Andy. Bob Kravitz going to join us just a second. Reminder: you miss any of the show, find the podcast. It's up on Apple 107.5, uh, thefan.com if you want to check that out as well. I know you're listening right now. If you get to work, you want to listen us, stream us uh, anywhere. Jake going to be up at noon. He's, is he in today? Is Jake in today? I know he's missing a day or two. Is he going to more White Sox games? I uh, think uh, IndyCar-wise, oh, IndyCar, he yeah. should be good to go. He's back. Okay. Hey, he's I don't back. know. He made the truck back yet last night, I believe. He's back in the saddle. Portland and Sonoma, if, if he'll be out there for those, but yeah, he uh, should be back. So Jake up at uh, noon, and then obviously JMV coming up at 3 o'clock. All right, Bob Kravitz joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You can find his stuff, bobkravitz.substack.com. Bob, good morning as we sit here on this Monday. Uh, any surprise at all? Jonathan Taylor still a Colt, and what do you make of the entire situation as the deadline, obviously, by the Colts is coming up tomorrow? Yeah, I don't, I don't see how this ends well for JT, to be honest with you guys. I mean, you know, if, if nothing gets done by tomorrow and he's activated off the pup, uh, which I suspect he will, otherwise he misses four games, he's looking at $45,000 a day in fines. Plus, if, for every week that he doesn't play, that's another $240,000, one, one, one eighteenth of his salary. So... You know, if they can't get something done, I don't know what his options are. He could be, you know, he could be, t- you know, hard about it, but that's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money. Even if you're making four point three, to be throwing away two hundred and eighty, two hundred ninety thousand dollars a week. 
is uh, pretty serious cash. Mm-hmm. Bob, let's say Jim Mersey calls you up and says, Bob, you know, back in whatever, 2015, I tried to get a third-party mediator for Chuck Pagano <laughs> and Ryan Grigson, and that didn't work out too well. But now I'm calling you to be the third-party mediator here between Jonathan Taylor and Chris Ballard, or I guess in this case, maybe between Jim Mersey. What would you try and accomplish? Like, what do... Does each party need to give 50-50? Does one party need to give more than the other? How would you try and calm the waters to steal a phrase from Ursa? Well, I, you know, I look at what happened with Josh Jacobs. You know, um, you know he got uh, about $13 million a year. Uh, I, I believe it's a two-year contract that he got from, uh, from the Raiders. I, I think that's the, the only way out is to come up with a, with a number in between my my point would be if they first of all they're not even negotiating according to Jim Ursay so take that for what it's worth but uh, no I, I I think there's a middle number there that they can that they can hit um, but they haven't done it by now and there's been no negotiation so it sounds to me like uh, the Colts are, are willing to wait this thing out let him see what his uh, value is on the open market and then. Uh, put all the pressure on him to make a decision but you know if they haven't if they haven't found a number yet i don't know if they're going to do it here in the next 48 hours bob will you have any issue in the colts pursuing and signing i guess they've already pursued and signing kareem hunt yeah a little bit i mean you know given his his background for crying out loud aren't there other running backs out there who don't have a history of domestic violence um that that that's problematic for me. Um, you know, it, it's not like your quarterback or or your top wide receiver. This is a guy that you're just bringing in to fill a hole. And given his his history and all the talk that the Colts uh, make about you know the horseshoe guys and uh, character and all that, well, that that's a tough sell to me, Kevin. Bob Kravitz with us here on the Fannies on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, whether it's whether it's uh, on your site there on the Substack or it's on interviews here, Bob, I've kind of heard you say, "Hey, listen, uh, trade this guy." And KB, you've been very high on this. If you're not going to extend him to get something for him, a couple deals on the table, obviously over the weekend, Bob. Still no movement uh, as of yet. Is there an offer that would be too low, Bob, where you would say, "You know, I know you want to get rid of." him and move maybe move on from Jonathan Taylor but you know we can't take a fourth rounder like Trey Lance got moved for is there is there like a line in the sand I guess that you actually have well you know I I go back to when Marshall Falk was traded many years ago I believe he was traded for a second and a fifth and that was back in the day when uh, running backs were important you know and uh, so I, I would say a second and a fourth second and a fifth something Something that, that adds up maybe to close to a one, I think, is reasonable. But it doesn't sound like reasonable as part of the equation these days. Uh, you know, part of the problem here is we don't know what he's asking for. Mm-hmm. You know, is he asking for an absurd amount of money, like $16, $17 million a year? Uh, is he, is he in, a, in a more reasonable realm of, you know, 13 or maybe 14 uh, we don't know what he's asking for, so it, it, it's hard to have a strong opinion one way or the other as to who is who is right and who is wrong. It, it's been a weird 
column to write because I can see where the Colts are coming from. But by God, I can see where Jonathan Taylor is coming from because they paid all those other guys who were in the final year of their rookie contract. And uh, he, he has proven that he is an elite home run hitter. And, and the Colts, you take him away, and who do the Colts have who are home run hitters? And outside of Anthony Richardson, and he's a rookie, I don't know what you got. I mean, I haven't been uh, impressed with Alec Pierce at all this preseason. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a very odd situation. And uh, I, I just think in the end he's going to come back. If he, if he is back and he's off the pub, do you think he plays week one? And there's no way to know. I'm just putting you on the spot. Do you think he plays week one? I do. I do. Uh, look, you know, I remember years ago uh, Edron sat out uh, most of his uh, first, uh, first uh, training camp because of a contract situation. That was, again, back in the day when, uh, you know, the rookies weren't slotted uh, financially, and he came in and ran for a million yards. So, no, I I, I don't think – I think that if he is available and he is active, he will play, and and I think he'll play reasonably well. Bob Kravitz is with us. Bob's latest, bobkravitz.substack.com. A terrific piece from Bob and talking with Peyton Manning on you know his thoughts on Anthony Richardson, life like for a rookie quarterback starting in year one, those sorts of things. Bob, I, your relationship with Peyton is well documented. You know your relationship with Anthony Richardson obviously is not at that level, but just from listening to Richardson, you know, hearing stories about him, et cetera, et cetera. Do you feel there are any similarities in how Anthony Richardson and Peyton Manning are wired? Obviously, on the field, there's not many similarities. But off yeah. the field, how they are wired, do you see anything? Guys, I don't know that anybody is wired like quite like Peyton. Sure. You know, I mean, he's, he's a unique animal. Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to learn a lot more about Anthony as time goes on. I mean, you've been to all the press conferences and – Basically, when you're sitting there in a press conference asking, you know, football questions, you don't really get to know what makes him tick. You know, hopefully here soon we'll, we'll be able to, you know, sit down with him and, and, and get a better idea of what he's all about. Uh, look, I, I think he's a guy who feels like he's got something to prove. I think he's a guy who uh, is very humble. Um, but I don't see a lot of, a lot of similarities or commonalities simply because I don't know Anthony well enough to make that that kind of statement. How do you think you played in the Philly game, including flapping the wings at the crowd <laughs> after that, the that touchdown? Was awesome. <laughs> that figured, was awesome. It man. was. It's a, pre, it's a preseason <laughs> game, and he's flapping wings at the, defense, at the guy at the team that went to the Super Bowl. I thought that was great. Um, I thought, you know, the, the numbers were not uh, representative of the way he played. I was really impressed by his pocket presence and his uh, ability. Now, granted, it was against the ninth stringers for the Eagles, but um, his pocket presence, he clearly throws a beautiful, a beautiful ball. Down should have had the one against Philly. Pierce should have had the one against Buffalo. Uh, I thought it was the most impressive six for 17 for 70 some odd yards I've seen in a while. But you, you saw signs 
you saw signs of what this kid can be. Bob, last one from me. Um, your level of interest in Ryan Walters' first year or potentially Tom Allen's last year? Ooh. Yeah, I, I think Tom Allen. Uh, you look, you know, he still has a pretty sizable buyout. I don't know the number exactly. Uh, I looked it up the other day and I forgot it already. Um, but, you know, the, the, the hope was that he could show that the pandemic year was not an aberration. I think if they have a third straight terrible year, and I unfortunately suspect that they will with, you know, not really knowing their quarterback situation, um, I think it's going to be tough for Tom Allen to survive another bad year. Uh, How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think, Bob, to sum it up, when you're in year six and you're over-under win totals, three and a half wins, that tells you everything you need to know about where your program's at. Right, unless you're Chris Ballard, and then you're still here after seven years. <laughs> I know the, the the amount of people that ask me what blackmail Ballard has on Ursay, I think is quite the uh, quite the statement. Can, can I just yeah, throw, yeah, yeah. Well, I, just because we talked about it? Do you think Mo Ali Cox gets cut to go back to the Colts? You think he makes the team, Bob? I I think he makes it. I mean, what do you keep three three tight ends? I, I like Granson. Um, uh, I think they they love Ogletree for what he can do potentially. Yeah, I think Mo Ali Cox makes it, but if we find out tomorrow that he's no longer with the team, I would it would not it would not qualify as one of the great shots mm-hmm. of my lifetime. <laughs> uh, it, it just wouldn't. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was to say that'd be great July radio, Bob. You can come in and give us your greatest shocks of your lifetime in the the, in the uh, you know the decades following sports. I'd like that. Oh. That's July radio. And, and, Andrew Luck would be number one retiring. Sure. That would be the number one shock of my lifetime. Again, it is bobkravitz.substack.com for the latest. Bob's had some great stuff up there here in the last month or so. Bob, thanks for the time this morning. We'll see you at Colts later this week. Thank you, boys. See you soon. Bob Kravitz right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. All right, we got the basketball on right now. There's KB, so many colors on the floor. K- KB's Andy. engrossed in it right now. So <laughs> many colors on the floor. Uh, Team USA getting started with Greece. Uh, they just put up Greece's starting lineup. We could play a trivia game of spelling some of the oh, guys' last God. names. Uh, by the way, no Giannis, but his little brother is oh, starting. Yeah, you yeah. know the guy that plays for the Bucks. Uh-huh. I actually think there's a couple of them. Uh, but uh, Tomas, is that right? I, Sure. Okay. Um, so his brother. <laughs> sure. And then, by the way, uh, do you remember, and again, this is my, I apologize, this is purely Notre Dame basketball fandom here coming out. Do you remember when Stephen F. Austin with Brad Underwood won a first-round tournament game? I think they beat West Virginia. I do, I do yeah. So I'm, then a, they, I'm an Underwood fan okay. for the most part, yeah. So Notre Dame then played them in the second round. Okay. Stephen F. Austin should have won that game. Rex Fluger had a tip-in at the buzzer to beat Stephen F. Austin. Their best player in that game had this wild mohawk haircut named Thomas Walkup was his name. I did not know this until right now. He must have some Greece descent, Greek descent, I guess. Yeah, good he is for on, him. He is on the floor right now okay. for Greece. And my, now my mind wants to go. Now I want to go back and watch the Notre Dame Stephen F. Austin game tonight. <laughs> you think Matty will be up for that? I was going to say, do you have anything else you want to do on a Monday night? Of course, we don't have any football tonight, do we? We don't have anything tonight. This is like we a fan- this is fantasy football draft time. You know, people usually feel like do this. You know, either yesterday, Monday, Tuesday. Grease up three to two. We'll continue to or uh, six to two now. We'll continue to keep you updated on that. Um, 
By the way, Bob Kravitz brings up again, Jonathan Taylor, week one. You asked him that question. Andy, I'll go back to something. And we could have relevance Wednesday morning. This could be much more relevant. But right now, I think it's worth mentioning and trying to project week one for Taylor. Let's put the trade talk to the side for a second. Since mid-December, the Colts have had... I'd probably have to look it up, but I would guess 35 to 40 either practices or games. Jonathan Taylor has participated in as many as you have. Right. So if you're looking at week one, there is six practices to go. Wednesday, Thursday this week, and then I assume they'll go Labor Day Monday, and then they'll get into the normal week, which Mm -hmm. is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday life, getting ready for Jacksonville. We're 13 days away from Jacksonville inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. Is six practices... Enough for a guy who is hypersensitive about his body, has a contract issue, and has missed the last 30, let's call it 37 practices. Yeah, I, I think it is. And I don't think he's even involved if he comes off the pup. I don't think he's involved in all six practices. Do you? Like, I, I think that number is less. My, I guess my thought would be if he's here in Indianapolis and he comes off that list uh, and he's, I mean, listen, what Bob said at that point, you know, maybe he gets traded during the season, after the season. At that point, the fines and the kind of the mean spirits that can happen here. No, to me, to me, I think he would play a little bit week one. Is that fair to say? It wouldn't be a lot. He may not even start, but he would get some run if you told me he had four practices to get ready in the NFL as a running back if you're telling me he could have seven or eight touches it would be enough yes Andy if his name was Deion Jackson I'd say oh yeah for sure it's a position that you rotate in at you know it's not like he needs to have 30 carries in week one I, I can't say that with confidence. Like I know, I, I, no, I, neither can I. It, it's no, my it's job to try and give honesty is, is what I want to give more than anything. I can't just lie to you and say, oh, yeah, 100% he's going to be out there because, again, the amount of time he's missed and you throw the contract situation on top of all of it, we're 13 days away and we still have so many, so many layers to unpeel here with this story. Thank you to Bob Kravitz who just joined us. That'll be up on the Best Of podcast. Uh, We'll continue to give away. And Mark, again, this is our final spot, right? Final spot. Our final fantasy. Although we do do have one person that still hasn't accepted the invites. Oh, Oh, we have to give a cutoff for them then. Like, well, yeah. like I Tuesday. Think if, we get into, if we get into next week, Tuesday. What is this on their to-do list they didn't have a know. chance to get to? I've sent multiple invites they have not accepted yet. So well, we'll, I, we'll, I, we'll give them like eight days. And if they don't. Well, you eight guys days? Eight, Let's give them eight hours. I was about to say, you're being benevolent. They can just log in and hit one well, button. Kevin's handing out. Yeah, Kevin's handing out. The guy's phone dropped. Now, <laughs> Ben, he was such a nice dude. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Sent me an email. Uh huh. Everything. Okay. It's great effort, by the way. We ben. should have people. Uh, Team Greece. You have to spell. Uh, you have to spell two names in a row right oh to get uh, to get a spot in our fantasy league. Can you spell Antetokounmpo? No. no. Stop it. No. There's a K in there. There's some U's. That are, there's like a silent N, I feel like, in there. There's a bunch of radio guys that can't even say his name, let alone spell his name. I know. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. No, you did pretty good. All you got to be A-N-T-E. is forceful. Okay. A-N-T-E-O-N-T-K-O-U-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-
Greece has got a pretty good big dude here. Uh, We'll uh, update you on that. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, when he gets in, again, Team USA, their second game here of group play over in the Philippines. We'll get back into some of the Colts' conversation. Was there a big Jonathan Taylor domino that happened this weekend? We'll chat more about that on the other side. A beautiful start to this week in Indy. Wake-up call. KB and Andy, 93.5-107.5, the fan. All right, couple things. Top of the hour, we'll uh, continue with the Jonathan Taylor conversation. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk had a couple thoughts on JT. We'll get to that in about seven or eight minutes or so. Uh, just a couple college football things to clean up for me, KB. A short segment here. Uh, the Big Ten, and I know Indiana and Purdue fans may care about this. Do you see the Big Ten is going to put uh, their availability of, of injured players up two hours before the game? So, uh, it, okay, I, I was... Yeah. I saw that Purdue is going to make that announcement on Thursdays, yeah. right, of game week. So Purdue's going to actually come out with an injury yeah, report. Yeah, to each their own, and some co- some coaches do uh-huh. that. Many, many do not. But Most say many do yeah, not. Yeah. Basically all of them. So <laughs> night, you said two hours before. So the NFL does a 90-minute inactive list. Obviously, they have the injury report throughout the week. Right. So the Big basically. Ten has agreed two hours before kickoff. Yeah. Which I which is listen I'm fine with it but I'm a I'm a proponent that college football needs to have an injury report like the yeah, NFL. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know people don't like well, and I always bring up the gambling aspect. People don't like that. It, it also is reality, but it's also if the NFL can do it on the, on the professional ranks, so can college football. And again, it, it, you know, Bill Belichick lower body injury, leg injury. It's not like you're giving every single in and out of the uh, of what's wrong with the player, but at least there is uh, some clarity as well. So that happened on the Big Ten, and then I, I don't know how much a college game day you saw. I, I'm a college game day fan, uh, but the conversation they had about realignment ruining college football, I thought was about as sweet as possible, given that ESPN's <laughs> given that ESPN's at the, uh, yeah, the, is, 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 is squarely in the middle, including what may happen with the ACC. Like, isn't the ESPN running the SEC well, pretty much? I mean, they well they are, but not only that. I mean, the ESPN money would make it to where the ACC should absolutely go get Cal and Stanford, right? It would actually add money to the league because there's no way to add. So those are a couple things as uh, Cal and Stanford. I know, you know, I don't know how much we care around here. That's going to be something that I think will happen in the next couple days, probably. One way or the other, they go to the Big 12 or they stay or they go to the ACC. I was doing some uh, skimming during the break. Um, the Athletic posted, and I, I think this is kind of interesting series that they do it they said it was the fifth annual um anonymous agent Mm. survey so basically they throw you know whatever a dozen questions that have major nfl relevance at agents from all, all around the league and get their anonymous opinions on it obviously the jonathan taylor topic was one of those that got tossed their way i think some very interesting answers on that i want to touch on that here in just a second and get your okay yeah your reaction um the first quarter by the way about to come to a close here in the philippines team usa up 23 19 on greece tyrese halliburton just entered the game it's interesting watching the first possession of halliburton in the game there greece uh I assume, uh, had a very specific game plan of they wanted to get a switch and they wanted to post up Halliburton. That is something he's talked about with this Team USA experience of the physicality of the FIBA game and how 
that is Halliburton's kind of weakness of, you know, on the defensive end of the floor. Um, he talked about it at the end of last year. Like, I just flat out need to get stronger mm-hmm. because teams are going to try and either A, they're going to try to seek you out because they think you're a weakness, or B, they want to wear you down. And if we're going to post up Halliburton and, you know, really commit to throwing it in there and making you work, hopefully that's going to slow down how many times Halliburton can initiate fast breaks or, you know, get in the open floor, things like that. Halliburton actually played great defense on, on the switch and had a block there and, and try to get a fast break going off of it to Austin Reeves. But it is interesting to note when you get these guys in the Team USA settings, Andy, it, it is just a different experience for them. And you're in different roles and you know some of it is good, some of it, it takes some adjustment and I think for Halliburton you know you're seeing it from these international teams and you'll see it in the NBA season when it begins in late October I think teams are going to try to kind of now seek him out defensively again either to take advantage of a a matchup they feel like is a strength or just try and wear down a guy that obviously means so much to the Pacers offensively. Uh, having Halliburton, there's just, I mean, obviously, if there were an injury, there's just no downside for him playing in these games, right? You're playing with other good players. Some of them are great players, right? You're playing with damn good players. Plus, uh, I mean, Spolstra, who's the other coach? Spolstra and Steve, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr, yeah, is the head coach. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I think Mark Few is with them. Yeah, I think Mark Few is there as well. I mean, you're, you're, you're being coached by some of the best. You're being coached by champions. You're playing with guys who are good and Halliburton's right there is obviously at the center of their second team. Um, so, I mean, listen, there ain't nothing wrong with Halliburton uh, playing apolo- these games. Uh, apologies if I w- was a little bit, um, I don't know, saying, hey, call in now for the final spot in the Fantasy League. Let's stick that to the pop quiz, okay? So, again, sure, yeah. m- uh, whatever contestant we get on the pop quiz like we did last week, that will be our final spot in the Fantasy League. And we say final spot. Boy, Mark dropped a bomb on us a few minutes ago. We have not had an accepted invite from one of our um, invitees. Do we know, do we know who it is? Can we shame them in any way? I here? know all I see is the email address, okay. so I don't know mm. who. The- we don't want to give that out. No. Um, so we'll let you know here. That could be a Tuesday or Wednesday. We need to add someone because a week from Thursday will be our fantasy draft to round out the show. It'll be a 9 a.m. multitask from us. But again, our final spot in the fantasy league for now. We'll give out with the pop quiz coming up around 9.30, and on the other side, again, this anonymous agent survey. I think some pretty interesting answers related to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, We'll touch on that on the other side. It's a wake-up call. KB and Andy here, 93.5107.5, The Fan. Last hour of the show. Appreciate Bob Kravitz joining us last hour. We'll have that podcast up. We hang out with you one more hour in the drive. Hubler.com studios. Query and company coming up at noon. JMV coming up at 3 o'clock. Uh, I'll say this before we dive into a couple different things. I have a JT item. Uh, and KB, you saw this. What This just went up on The Athletic a couple hours ago. Maybe within the last hour or so. Uh, some executives around the NFL. NFL, talking about running backs. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is one of those. Uh, can I say this real quick before we go, just just for you? I was disappointed in my wife on Saturday, oh. KB. <laughs> okay? Man. And I know I'm not allowed to do that. Eight month old, 30 uh, month pregnant yeah, well, 32 uh, weeks pregnant. Well, this better be quite the explanation here. <laughs> well, Sam Hartman popped up on TV. 
Okay. And, you know, I, I have covered the ACC. There is a chance. In fact, it's probably like a, a, like a nice probability that she has been at a Wake Forest game. And given that Hartman's been playing since, you know, the last 13 years in college football, that's the time frame, KB, that we've been together, okay? <laughs> I mean, there is a chance. And, and, and yeah, he, He's three years older than Anthony Richardson, right? <laughs> yeah, and so Hartman pops up on the screen, and my wife goes, oh, Mm-hmm. He's yeah. okay. he's he's pretty, and I went. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, honey, you 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 haven't seen Sam Hartman? I mean, I, I have, I have. Uh, I mean, I've talked about this guy in two cities on the radio. How, how he looks and the. I don't know what's better, the beard or the hair. I and I, I don't know which one's better. I mean, it's enough. And I know, Mark, you probably feel the same way. Everyone's like Heisman Trophy game one. I mean, guys, it's the first game of the season. Hey, hey, I'm can, not, I'm not against, saying any of that against. Na- I know you're not against Navy, but I'm like, come on guys on Twitter. We don't need to do that. Can I was we, very pleased I mean, with how doing? Sam Harden played no, football. He, he was fine, but I'm like, honey, you you don't know the legend of Sam Hartman, but she was, she uh, she referred to him as pretty. In fact, she even backed that up with a wow. I mean, the the the, the he's pretty backed up with a wow, and I'm like, you know, settle down here. What yeah, are we I, doing? I feel like Maddie Bowen would say <laughs> Notre Dame's had some good-looking quarterbacks in the last, whatever, dozen or yeah. so years. I just don't feel like they've played football to the level that Notre Dame needs them to play football. But Sam Hartman, again. But he's fine. He's good. One penalty in game one. I like that, and I like five straight touchdowns on the first five possessions of the game. I'm not, But I, I remain the optimistic self that I was last week about Notre Dame. Uh, they've got Eddie George in Tennessee State this week. No Do buy. they really? I forgot about that. No buy after the game in Dublin. Remember, got, when it, uh, remember when Eddie George was was uh, a thespian? Remember when? Is he still that? Remember he was like he was like a kind of forgot was, about that. He was in like Romeo and Juliet, and he was in a bunch of plays and stuff in Nashville. Am I the only one? I don't know. I don't know. That was several years ago. Uh, this athletic article. Uh, how much were you able to skim during the break? Uh, yeah, it's about so running me, backs, JT, and everything else. Yeah, let me throw a couple of these at you. Okay, so the athletic does this survey. Um, it's the fifth time they've done it with uh, 23 agents from around the league. They list all of the, you know, uh, these are how many Pro Bowlers the agents represent and, you know, Super Bowl MVPs, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, their credentials are these are some, you know, very notable agents around the league. And again, anonymous answers to the question. They were asked their thoughts on Jonathan Taylor. So let me just throw a couple at you. We can react to these. Um, first one right here. Quote, this doesn't look good for the owner or the player. The market talks and it's ghosting the running backs. Mm. I stopped recruiting them a while ago. Hmm. They are special. They are special players, but one knee injury can ruin a career. But the owner isn't winning over the locker room at all with this childish social media talk. Uh, yeah, listen, I'm with you. I don't listen. I know the Jim Ursay stuff. I know Ursay's being crushed. It was it was a tweet, man. <laughs> it was one tweet. I, I don't think I don't think Ursay is also like I guess I'm backing Ursay only to the respect of it's not like Ursay has had 20 different times he's went out and bashed uh, Jonathan Taylor. I, I mean, I would agree with that though. It's not a good look for it's not a good look for anybody right now. But I, I think it's I think I think more so it's not a good look for Jonathan Taylor than the organization, but that's just me. Well, I don't think you're going to get agents probably saying that. Oh, hell no, you're not going to get that. (laughs) I I think the stop recruiting them that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, I mean, you're ma- they make money off these guys. They make sure. a percentage. So yeah, that's a lower at, percentage. You know, you and I were talking about before the show started. You know, who 
Taylor's agent is. This is not CAA. This is not Clutch Sports. This is not some mega agent. This is a, from a quantity and quality of client standpoint, this is not a household name in the NFL agent business. Uh, Not a lot of running back history, Mm -hmm. which I find interesting Mm -hmm. because, again, I feel like there's a different angle when you're representing the running backs. Um, Here's another one here. Again, anonymous NFL agent here to the athletic. At some point, a front office has to ask if we're trying to win a negotiation or trying to win games. Do we need to talk about supply and demand for our best player? Okay, so let me flip that back around with you. I mean, is there uh, how much of that is with Jim Irsay not wanting to reset the market? Exactly. That, that would be that would not be talking about wins and losses. That would be talking about I'm not going to screw over my other owners like you know the Deshaun Watson deal did right. with Cleveland a couple years ago. Yeah, it's obviously not the Haslam family with the Browns ownership group because you know guaranteed quarterback contract money is much different. Obviously, the Watson off the Watson looks terrible, man. Then t- has he struggled he, here in the preseason? He, he hasn't been good in the preseason. I think that's a team like some people have, are kind of intrigued by. Yeah. Just thinking yeah. he could get back to what he was in Houston, but uh, we'll, we'll see. That one right there. It is, I think, this goes back to the Jim Mersey power trip I felt like he was on with the Daniel Snyder comments last fall of, I'm a steward. I want to carry the history of the NFL. The Maras were at my mm. wedding. The Hunts were at my wedding. <laughs> you know, all of this. I know we, we laugh at it, but Mersey brings it up endlessly. So I do think that is an element at play here. The last one, I should say the last part of that quote, do we need to talk about supply and demand for our best player? That was the agent comment. Andy, how many times do you think NFL fans have sat there on a Sunday and been like, man, Jonathan Taylor, 87 yards of total offense here. Boy, he's just not living up to the contract. Or he's, you know, like... I feel like that conversation doesn't get discussed that that much. Do you think there ever was a time in the last three years where Colts fans would say on a frequent basis, man, we should extend Taylor because he's outperforming his contract. If we were in that position and that was our job, we would probably think that. We'd be like, look at what I'm doing. I brought it up earlier. Jonathan Taylor makes the fifth highest amount of money of any Colts offensive player. Offensive player, the fifth Highest, And he's the best mm-hmm. offensive player. So that aspect to it, I feel like we get into these arguments of like, is he worth $13 million? Is he worth 15 Is he worth 17 All of these little arguments with Taylor. And part of me wants to say this, Andy. Who cares? The only question that matters is, are you supporting and developing Anthony Richardson? That's the only... When we get four years into this, that is the only question that matters. Taylor making $12 million, Taylor making 14 None of that will be of relevance at that point. And I feel like that's where this quote is kind of going. I know the agent doesn't say... Richardson's development. It says at some point, the front office has to ask if we're trying to win a negotiation or trying to win games. It's not about making sure that you're, you know... Your poster board on a ruler, it looks the best as you're picketing outside the school board. <laughs> That's not what matters here, right. in my opinion. What ma- what matters here is development for Richardson, period. By the way, I have a buddy who works at Ford, and uh, they're getting ready. I guess they're getting ready to strike, and I don't know with all the things. And they had to do a practice picket. Like they had to practice if they're gonna do a if they're gonna do a picketing line they had to, they had to, they had to Two, do like four, a run through. Six, eight, wait, uh, uh, uh. It's like I need Aaron video Rogers. of this practice. Well, you know, I'll get you some inside video if you want some inside video. By the way, 
being an agent, is that something you would like to do? No, 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 no. You no, would not like no, that as no. a career. No, I think okay. it's, I, I think there's just elements of, you know, shady, legal matter. <laughs> it's just, no, it's just too much. I'm not smart. I'm nowhere near smart enough. I mean, you got to have a lot uh, of legal know. history I, with that. I think that. you could do it. No. I, know, uh, I, I know a guy who's an NFL agent and CFL, but it was before you had to have all the documentation. He's got a couple NFL guys. You know, now you got to be a lawyer, right? Right. You have, to have, a, say, law, you have to have a law degree, but back in the, you know, back 20, 30 years ago, it was a wild, wild west. If you were a good tight end, I could be your agent. We'd go to the NFL and we live the, uh, the is it Vinny Chase, the entourage lifestyle? Yes, is that his exactly. name? Exactly. A now, show that Anthony, does not hold up, by the way. Now, Anthony Richardson, represented by. Uh, like a get local guy, kind of a Gainesville guy okay. that has some other clients in the NFL. I just think that's worth bringing up. Uh, pretty much, Richardson is, you know, he's moved his family here. He's kind of entourage, I think is too aggressive of a term, but he's kind of moved his team. His team is very yeah. close yeah. to him right now. So I think that's what you're going to get early in his career. A quick note, this has kind of been what's happened here with Tyrese Halliburton and Team USA to update you on where things are. They're playing Greece right now. Team USA has extended their lead to 12. Halliburton in that second unit, a huge part of it. Uh, he is plus 8 Halliburton since they've got on the floor. So that's Paolo Boncaro, Austin Reeves. Uh, they've been a big part uh, of things. Halliburton with a couple of blocks, something you don't usually see. He did have a nice assist there and two Early You're points. a big plus, are you a big plus minus guy? I, you know, I, I'm trying to decide if I am. You mentioned it a couple I times, know. but and, and now that I've mentioned it, <laughs> I think there are elements where, like, when you're watching a game, you're like, man, I just feel like he's really helping or really hurting things, and then I like to like go to the box score to see if that's confirming it or not. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the end all be all, but. I do think Halliburton's a guy that like makes others better around him, and Steve Kerr has referenced a couple of times his second unit. It's not just Halliburton. Austin Reeves and Paolo Boncaro both, especially in that first game against New Zealand, they've been uh, parts of that. Was that Halliburton yeah, for, it was. For, for three? And, and that was from Reeves. From Reeves in the uh, corner. Reeves just broke two guys off the dribble, went behind his back, and threw a pass. He also gets cheered more than anybody. Yeah, they <laughs> love stupid him. games. How about the dunk he had earlier? Uh, he, Reeves. Can, he can dunk. That was confirmed at uh, about nine, uh, about 9.05 this morning. We saw, we saw that. Uh, I don't know. Listen, a couple things with the, with the running backs. I, I just, I, I feel like Fans care how much their player makes, KB, and I could be wrong on this, when they lose games. The best example would yeah. be like the Mets and Yankees this year, or right? Like the Colts offensive line last year. They were so bad, and how right. much money do they make because you've invested so much in that group. That's yeah, when I, fans I, care. I, yeah, I don't want to act like they don't care, but I feel like this little argument of $2 million here, one year here, like that's a little bit of semantics. It's like at the end of the day, did you get Richardson right or not? There's yeah. one more, by the way, quote here. Again, these are some anonymous NFL agents to the athletic that I wanted to throw your way. Um, this one starts with Jim Ursay. He goes, Ursay spoke out about the running back situation and Taylor getting bad advice from his agent. The agent then fired back and got the kid involved and basically said, we're not paying him bleep. It becomes difficult to work with that boss, especially if he's not going to pay what you think you're worth. Again, a lot of this is venom towards Jim Ursay from these agents. I think you can make the argument that Ursay was not referencing Taylor's agent specifically in that tweet, but it could certainly be inferred mm-hmm. that way. Bigger picture and reference to that quote, Andy. That's the question that I think Taylor and his representation have. Chris Ballard seems to be pretty open-minded, being like, Jonathan, come back here, play out this season. But if you're Taylor, do you say to Ballard in a private moment, 
your owner has track record of not paying this position. Like right, Edger and James. I know. You know, Marshall Falk is that at play because when Ursay has spoken publicly, he's brought up Falk, he's brought up Edrin, he's brought up the CBA. That I think is where Ballard is almost the mediator potentially in this. And Taylor says to him, "Dude, your guy, your owner, who is ultimately going to make the decision on this, pretty much, he's the one we have the issue with because if Ursay's not budging." Then Taylor's camp is saying, why am I going to risk my body when I'm not going to be the one out there getting this multi-year deal from you? That's why I want to look elsewhere and see if there's another team out there that might do this. I, I mean, it kind of, I don't i don't want to say it fixes itself, but we are going to find out. I mean, he's finding out the last few days what his value is, right? And going into tomorrow, I mean, with the with the deadline that might not be a deadline that doesn't really have to be a deadline. If someone on Wednesday says, you know, we'd like this Jonathan Taylor guy, and we'll give you a couple first round picks, suddenly the deadline wouldn't mean anything. I, I mean, I think for me, so you think in season we would not see anything? Uh, an in season trade? Yeah, because I think we could see an after the season trade. Okay, so if he th- comes in and plays, right? So, NFL trade deadline. Oh, it is on Halloween this year. October 31st for the NFL trade deadline. That is 4 o'clock. Do we see Christian McCaffrey sort of thing with Taylor? I don't don't think we do. Do you? I mean, I don't think we do. So, you know, insert marquee running back here. Goes down in week three. How many home games do they have on the back end of that schedule? A team all of a sudden says... If you're a losing fan base and Jonathan Taylor is playing pretty well and you punt after the season, uh, I mean, right? Isn't... uh, How does that go with the fans? Like, I think right now you could get rid of them and I don't think... I I, I have a sense that there would be angry members of the fan base, but there would be some that would get it, right? But if Jonathan Taylor is 5.2 yards per carry and has, you know, eight touchdowns through eight games or whatever it is on October the 31st, I don't know. I, I keep coming back to... is. Is there money? Is there money there for him? Like we can there, say, I mean, nineteen million cap space. Yeah, I mean, we can we we can be mad at Ursay, but if Ursay may tweet, he may say whatever he may say. If there is some extra money there that Taylor could play under and make more here than really anywhere, right? Uh, now that you know, again, that's not him being extended. I'm saying if a team said, "Let's bring you in and we'll work on an extension," uh, it may take some time. I don't know. I mean, if 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 Ursay's willing to put his money where his his mouth is to me that says more than anything than any tweet or anything else right Patrick adds this it's a good point it was also Ursay who gave Ballard the green light to move up and draft Jonathan Taylor so frustrating again I have long been a believer that if you are going to draft someone in the second round you're saying here's a second contract mm-hmm. we want you to be part of our franchise potentially on the side of Lucas Oil Stadium six eight Ten years, Mark. Uh, not to eavesdrop on your conversations, but it sounded like we might have gotten a call from a potential fantasy football <laughs> uh-huh. owner during the break. Uh-huh. Care yep. to fill us in? So whose fault was it? Uh, so he called, and uh, I let, think we can give out a first name at this point, right? Well, no. He clarified his he clarified his email address, and uh, oh, so we had the wrong email. Yeah, we, we oh. clarified it. We cleaned it up. I, <laughs> I said, "Let me know." He held on the phone. He clicked refresh. He's like, "I got it." He still hasn't fully accepted. Any. Whoa! No. I've still refreshed, yeah. but but I mean, it it sounds like you know. Lines so have you been, made him read off the email. 
uh-huh. that you had. Yep. So that was how, that was your vetting process. Mm-hmm. I heard okay. two L's. That that's what I heard oh. Mark say. Does it have two L's or one L? Well, so he has Lloyd. It, he has yeah. So Lloyd. Lloyd. Congratulations, Lloyd. So, is that Jake's <laughs> middle name? He never wanted to reveal. He's not accepted us? yet, but but the line has been made that he has not accepted yet, but he knows about it. So I would expect. We are down to one team and one team only. Jake's middle name is Lloyd. Lloyd, uh huh. Yeah, Jason Lloyd. Oh man, right? Should, should is that he, right, Mark? That's correct. I was yeah. gonna say, yeah. should he go by Lloyd? Would that be a good, yeah, better he, sports radio name or Jake? I don't know. Yeah, I want to say mom or grandma or somebody was not, a, or I, I don't know. You know, they, they're the only people that can you know call him. If I was, uh, if if I were going to be a a female, uh, that's an odd. You know what? Go ahead and go ahead and clip that. If I were, if I were born a a female, my Boy, we na- could go a lot the, of ways. Yes, in you the could. Twenty twenty three. It's this. the nine o'clock hour. Save that for the fourth uh, floor. <laughs> save that for the best of. Uh, right, right alongside Kravitz. Uh, my grandmother wanted my name to be Ashley Sue Sweeney. What are those? Uh, what are those initials? Boy. Put that on yeah, an LL yeah. Bean backpack. Uh-huh. Put that yeah. on an LL Bean. Yeah. See how that works out. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel, yeah. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. You've been Come on. made Come fun on. of a lot. I would have been a Kelly, by the way. You I can Kelly, see that. Kevin. I can see that. It's all the same, right? Yeah. Uh, pop quiz coming up in about 10. Again, we'll give away a our final spot, uh, what it sounds like, assuming we do get an exception. Handing out the, spots like they're candy, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> of this invitation here for our Fantasy Football League coming up. So give us a call right now. That's 317-239-1070 for that. Uh, before all of it, let's do a busy morning checkdown rundown from the weekend. Yeah, morning check down. Currently, Team USA leads Greece 43-32. That about two and change left in the first half there. I should have looked and seen uh, what, uh, that, 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 what that what that spread was uh, on all DraftKings, but I failed to do that. Quickly in baseball, you know it. Reds losers 5-2. They dropped 3-4 of four in Arizona to the Diamondbacks. Now a full six back in the Central, but that's not the number you need. One and a half back uh, in that third wild card spot. The Cubs won. The Marlins won. The Giants. Giants won yesterday. The Brewers won as well. The Reds are in action tonight. It's a late one, 9.45. This is KB. We're having a morning radio show. Not good for you. Oh, uh, no. Giants and Reds at 9.45. Again, a game and a half back for that third and final wild card. You know, that's the old 2 a.m. Grab the phone. Uh, what was the final score? Yeah. And then it's just like, yeah. if they win, now you're a little amped up. If they lose, you can't fall back to sleep. No Season's over. Well, I don't... Turn on your mic, Mark. Oh, sorry. Another big series for the uh, Reds fans to pay attention to, Cubs-Brewers at Wrigley. So, that, so Cubs go Brewers, one. then Reds this week? Because yeah. Reds-Cubs, right, to end the week? That's mm-hmm. the Labor Day yep. coming up series. Cubs-Brewers, the over-under is nine. I think I like that over there. Save oh. that for when uh, when I'm wrong. Chicago, minus 125. Okay. Jamison Tyon on the mound, I'd say over nine runs. Yes. Uh, Andy gave me the update. Team USA playing Greece right now. Tyrese Halliburton, five points and assist in the first half. Again, the bench unit with him, among others. Uh, basically taking what was a really competitive first quarter to a double-digit lead for Team USA. All right, speaking of a lead, Scott Dixon had a pretty big one at the end of the Gateway race yesterday. It was vintage Scott Dixon starting outside of the top 10 and the rest of the field saying, how do they make that fuel strategy? Pato Awards second. David Malukas, nice finish for him in third place to round out the podium. A seventh time in Dixon's career 
that he has started outside of the top 10 and won an IndyCar race. Can I ask you this? Yes. I know I'm going to sound stupid. Who's the bad boy? Ooh. Who's the who's the IndyCar bad boy? That's a good question because there. Because that might I, be I who I have to back. I think there's some moments this year through actions more than maybe words that Pato Award. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's kind of been that. Um, right, Mark? I, I, I don't Definitely know. Definitely the boldest as far as strategy. He's just kind of like a... Like a bull in a china shop. Like Yeah, that's a good way here. to describe him. I okay. mean, he had a streak there of several, several wrecks crashes. and races, some big moments in the 500 as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's always kind of a big question. Can you get more of a verbal yeah. villain in, in IndyCar like we see so often? <laughs> that's who I'll back, whoever that is. On the NASCAR front. Speaking of villains, the Indiana Fever, they've been that to their opponents here lately. That's three in a row for the Fever. Uh, Christy Wallace shot the lights out of it. Aaliyah Boston, I did see get banged up yesterday. A thumb injury for her, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. Five games to go in this fever season, as they have now won three in a row. Yeah, last couple uh, for me. Texans and Saints 17-13. Saw C.J. Stroud, who's going to be the starter there in Houston. He got a touchdown, I believe, on the second. I believe, yeah, I believe it was the second possession of the game. And Trey Lance moved for a fourth rounder to the Dallas Cowboys, who are boasting about that move. I thought they liked Dak Prescott. Interesting, the boastfulness you're getting from Dallas. So you, you've kind of hinted at that. You think that's a little bit more Dak statement than anything i i think it is yeah which is one reason why i think they should go for jonathan taylor i kind of like dak you don't I sound know, like you I, are a dak fan this is early on six shows together basically kb i would say this is going to be this is our first disagreement this is the first fight of married <laughs> is this couple. nfc east fandom coming uh, out you know it's it's all hatred yeah, but he also stunk it up last year. But it's also hatred. Jack with you today. Yeah, thank you. I got a couple drops I need to send you of, uh, of Jerry Jones. Put yeah. your damn act together. <laughs> On the other side, our final spot in our fantasy football league, we'll give away 317-239-1070. Pop quiz time. All right, pop quiz time. You want me to go first or you want to go first, KB? We got to decide that. We didn't talk about that during the break. We were ta- we were talking about, you know, quarterbacks from the 90s from uh from Notre Dame. I don't want to give away too much. Selfishly, I wouldn't yeah. mind just asking the first one. Just, you know, it is my Irish, well, right? That'd be fine. I'm all good right? with okay, that. Right, Why don't right. you go ahead? I have no all problem. Right. I will take number 1. Uh give us a number 1 through 8 though. Again, our final spot here in the fantasy football league. Uh, let's go number three, Mark. Who do we have? Tyler. 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 What's what, up, man? What's happening, Tyler? Living the dream, boys. How you guys doing? Tyler, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I am uh, 30 years old. Okay. Do you Have you ever met a Tyler over the age of 45? Never. <laughs> have you guys? <laughs> well, now now I'm thinking about it. You know? I can't say I have. I mean, it's I a young have some friends saying like they... I think Tyler just like started as a name in the 1985 cycle. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I have a friend who's Tyler. Let me, let me ask you guys this because I've got my my mom always tells me she named me off of some sitcom in the 80s. Oh, um, was, there, was there a Tyler on, on some sitcom in the 80s that was a big name? Because I know Let's like 15 out. different Tylers. Oh, gee. Well, I, I went mean, to yeah, you certainly married Tyler Moore. I, I I don't know if that that is the reference uh, there. I went to Tyler Durden. Do you know who that is? That's uh, I have no idea. That's uh, what's his name? Uh, Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pathetic one. That's all I have. You went to Tyler's, and I went to Tyler Durden. Mark is googling 
mm-hmm. 1980s Tyler sitcoms. Trying to find something over there. Uh, nonetheless, Tyler, congrats on joining our Fantasy Football League. We'll do the draft a week from Thursday in this 9 o'clock hour. So congrats on that, awesome. and uh, good luck on today's pop quiz. There you go. Life goes on Thank from you, 1989 to 1993. There was a character named... Tyler Benchfield, played by Tommy Pewitt. Oh, boom. Because Tyler was what? Episodes. Tyler, okay. you were born in what, 92, 93, something like that? Yeah, yeah, 91, yep. Gotcha. Look at that. Full circle there. Oh, he had a mullet, that. too. Benchfield had a mullet. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> All right, Tyler, number one here, and certainly one I like, Sam Hartman. I had a jersey, by the way, of this guy growing up. Actually, my brother passed down the jersey to me. Uh, Sam Hartman threw for four TD passes. Notre Dame pounded Navy 42-3 to Saturday in Dublin. The four touchdown passes ties the Notre Dame record for the most in a player's debut with the Irish. Jack Cohn had four TD passes against Florida State in 2021. Who was the first Notre Dame QB to do it. Again, I had a jersey of this guy growing up. He's actually on Notre Dame's staff right now. Hmm. Is it A, Tommy Reese, B, Jimmy Clausen, C, Ron Paulus, or D, Tom Clements? Uh, I'll go Jimmy Clausen. Hmm. What about one more guess there, Tyler? Reese, Clausen, <laughs> Paulus, or Clements? Remember, KB had one of these uh-huh. passed yeah, down from young, his brother. Young. You were young, Tyler. Oh, hell, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. That's the first problem. I'll go with A. Well, I hope you lose every game in the fantasy league after hearing that, Tyler. (laughs) Oh, in 12. All right, question number two, Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks. Last week, I was like, who the bleeps Corbin Carroll? And Scotty's like, well, you know, he did this. He's uh, an all-star. And I'm like, Scotty's not happy about that. I should have known that. I apologize. Foot squarely in mouth. It's my first week. Leave me alone. Uh, I'm joking. Corbin Carroll of the D-backs continued his destruction of the Reds yesterday, stealing his 40th base of the season in the I like the snakes. I like that 5-2 win. Carroll, just the fourth rookie in MLB history to hit 20 home runs and steal 40 bases in a single season. Which of the following players did not hit 20 bombs and steal 40 bags as a rookie? Okay, Who did not do it? Is it A, Mitchell Page, B, Mike Trout, C, Tommy Agee? Is that right? There we go. And D, Chris Young, who did not do it? Uh, I'm going to go with AG. All right, number three here, Tyler. Yes, we did have basically the same question a month ago is what Scotty's saying, <laughs> so hopefully you were listening. Max Verstappen won yesterday's Dutch Grand Prix to tie... Is he from the Netherlands? Max Verstappen? Okay. To tie the Formula One record for most race wins in a row with nine. That's wild. That's ridiculous. Whose record did he tie? I would not have gotten this right, by the way. Tyler, is it Michael Schumacher, Jim Clark, Sebastian Vettel, or Elaine Prost? Schumacher, right? Well, see, that would have been my guess. Um, it's not him, just full transparency. I'm going to be a nice guy <laughs> after your Notre Dame hatred. Uh, Jim Clark, Vettel, or <laughs> Elaine Prost? Oh, hell. I guess I'll go Prost then. If he goes 0 for 5, does he get something for going 0 for 5? cackling. He has to forfeit his first round pick, right, in the fantasy league? Is that that part of it? His third overall pick goes to uh to one of us. Uh, All right, question number four. UMass defeated New Mexico State on Saturday. It was the first season opening win by the Minutemen over an FBS opponent since 1984. Name the Indiana school that UMass beat in that 1984 season opener. Was it A? 
Indiana State. B, Ball State. C, I, U, D, Purdue. Um, I feel like I hear some. I, I love me. I love me some Ball State, but yeah, I'll go bird. Ball State. I feel like I heard a bird chirping in the background there. Okay, number five here, Tyler, with Trey Lance heading to Dallas. He leaves San Francisco after playing in just eight games with the 49ers. That is the fewest games played by a top five draft pick with his debut team in the common draft era. Whose record did he break? A. Greg Cook. D. Dave Butts or bust. C. Art Schleister. D. Joe Washington. I'll go Butts. Save I mean, I, I guess it makes sense. Mark. I've barely heard of any of them. Really? Boilermaker? All right. Uh, that was brutal by Tyler. Um, he missed one. He missed two. He missed three. And he missed number five. Andy, the only one he got you right? They got Ball State right. Back in 1984. It's the year I was born. UMass beat Ball State. FBS. So there you go. Uh, Ron Paulus for number one. He eventually went with Tommy Reese on that. Chris Young for two. Sebastian Vettel. I, I would have gone Schumacher as well there for three. And the last one was not Dave Butts. It was Greg Cook. Tyler, congratulations for being in the league. But a dreadful performance. <laughs> uh, Team USA right now, 50-37 as the second half is, I guess it is, under, is about, about it's to half get time, yeah. underway here. They're taking on Greece in half number one. Tyrese Halliburton in seven minutes off the bench. Five points. That's two free throws in a corner three. Uh, just one assist for him. But, again, the bench unit continues to play very well. It's him. It's Austin Reeves. It's Cam Johnson. It's Paulo Boncaro. You know who has been their best player? Who's that? Uh, ben Carroll was good yesterday. Yeah. Uh, He's playing the five. Anthony Edwards is very good at basketball. Struggling today, but... Tom Crean. That's what, what Tom Crean does. 34? Him, Dwayne Wade, Aladipo. Is Edwards kind of like Dwayne Wade? I haven't watched him as much as I would like. Is he kind of like He's Dwayne big, Wade? He's bigger than Dwayne Wade, right? Is he? Well, of course you haven't seen him. He's in Minnesota. <laughs> I haven't seen too much of him in Minnesota. Nah, he's very good, man. He's good. I don't get a whole lot. I, I'm not yeah. hating on him. He's good. And I don't get a whole lot of T-Wolves action. All right. Um, I've got to run to a little Colts thing here. So I will not be with you and Mark here for the final segment of the show. Looking ahead to tomorrow, though, Andy, certainly ton of roster cut stuff. Four o'clock is the deadline on that. I'll continue to update my 53-man roster throughout the day. We saw the nine cuts from the Colts yesterday. I've updated things on the website if you're looking for a rundown You haven't changed there. anything, though. You still have what, the, five tight ends. You haven't changed anything substantial yeah, yet, Yeah, the right? only change I had was the Danny Pinter news. Again, right. Danny Pinter, broken ankle. He's out for the year. Shane Steichen announced that on Saturday. That was my only big change. Again, we'll watch the Mo Alley-Cox thing. You know, is he going to be traded? Is he a surprise cut? And then what happens with Jonathan Taylor? I know there are some some people in the Miami area that think he will be a Dolphin by 4 o'clock tomorrow. Obviously, that will be a whole lot. So one final time here. It's the wake-up call. KB and Andy, 93.5, The Fan. All right, last segment. Hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. Query and company coming your way at noon. The fellas will be hanging out with you. And then at 3 o'clock, JMV. KB out this segment. Going uh, to go harass people with the Indianapolis Colts. So you have me, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton, hanging out uh, in the drivehubler.com studios. Uh, just a few things for me since I kind of had this segment here. And, and Mark, chime in. Sure. Uh, me and you haven't done radio together I like know. this. So just you know, at any time, we will replay uh, that segment. 
sound that we had in the 7 o'clock hour. Adam Schefter was on ESPN Radio in Chicago and was pretty emphatic that the Bears will not be trading for Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, the Dolphins are out there. I can talk about the Cowboys. We mentioned them at about 7.35 today that I just think that they're a team that makes too much sense if you're you're trying to win a Super Bowl, and that's what Jerry Jones is trying to do. Uh, For me... I just want to give a big thank you. We're six shows in, uh, and everyone has been so great, not only here uh, at the fan, at the station, and everything else, but many people reaching out on Twitter and DMs, at the only Sweeney, if you want to follow me, and I, I really appreciate it. I'm having a fantastic time. My wife and I, uh, she'll be down here on Thursday. We'll be closing on our home on Thursday uh, in Irvington here in Indianapolis, so we are just absolutely uh, excited. Is that first uh, house for you guys? Uh, no, we own in southern indiana right now so we have to sell that one too so uh we are doing all the stressful things at once but uh uh you know i said i put it on twitter when you know kind of got the job that hey this is a mighty radio station uh the home for the colts home for the pacers all the indycar but not only talking directly to the fans so this has been uh, a busy a stressful uh and you guys obviously with kb and mark doing a fantastic job making me feel at home so uh, i appreciate that uh and that's all we have to say about that we can move on to other things people don't care about these sorts of things. Uh, Mark, I wanted to throw this people's way. We didn't get too mm-hmm. much into this um, and I wanted to. The Athletic had that article, so that kind of overshadowed uh, an 8 o'clock segment, but Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, I, I know people know who that is, uh, Mike Florio, uh, threw out there over the weekend talking about Jonathan Taylor, and we'll get to that bear sound here in just a second, and he kind of threw out there, listen, if he's not moved here by Tuesday, and again, that's a deadline by the Colts, the shaving of the roster down to 53 and everything else, um, you know, he basically put out there, hey, if you're, if you're the Colts, Okay, and right now, and again, we don't know what the offers look like, but given that we sit here at 945 on Monday and we've known since when last Thursday or so that the Colts definitely when we did the show in here on Friday, that the Colts have a couple offers and it's like one of those things where it's like six teams have reached out. And two of them have made uh, have made a contract offer. Well, I would imagine, I'm, I'm sure Ballard and others there and Jim Ursay are saying, okay, if we know this team, can we play a couple of these teams against each other because we need to get the best deal, the absolute best deal that we can. And, and obviously, if you're a Colts fan, and hey, if you're going to get rid of Jonathan Taylor, you better not be limping in with a fourth-round pick and thinking uh, that you know we'll take a lineman in the fourth round and that's going to be good enough because we know the the answer uh, would be not. Um, but Florio threw out there that, hey, what if the Colts, okay, if if, if you're if you're looking to get 2024 picks now, right? That's what they're looking for. You don't need anything. And KB's talked about this religiously, and he's right. Um, hey, I don't want anything from the 2025 season, okay? We got to bring guys in now. We're not going to wait a year uh, for a third round pick to, to, to come to fruition in 2025, right. I want 2024 guys now that if you wait to after the season, now they'll take away anything mid-season. I, I listen, could it happen? It could. 
It is rare that that happens with a guy of Jonathan Taylor's statue, uh, stature, I should say. You just saw what happened to Christian McCaffrey. That was very surprising and everything else. Florio saying, hey, if you, if you are wanting to get 2024 picks now, if Taylor comes in and plays, and listen, if he plays and he's healthy, he's going to be good, right? Like, you know, like it's not one of those things. I think I'm pretty confident saying this. It's not going to be 3.1 yards per carry and Jonathan Taylor's going to struggle. No, I, I think uh, he'll be fine in just about any offense in the NFL. This is a running offense. He will be helping that quarterback out. And Jonathan Taylor is set to have a to have a good season I think if he stays with the Colts. Well, you can get those same picks after the season. And that was kind of his thought. Now, he said as well, the Colts need to consider the reality that they let Taylor leave as a free agent after 2023 and roughly they would get Mark a third yeah. round compensatory pick. So, in other words, if we're talking about what you're going to get this year, uh, right now, like if they were to trade him in the next 24 hours, the conversation around all of this would be, let's say, a third-round pick. Well, if you let him leave next year, you just let him leave, right? He's a free agent. You get a third round or about a third round uh, as a compensatory pick. And if he comes in, he busts his ass, and he's good this year, which, again, I think if Jonathan Taylor plays he's going to be considered a good, a really good player, um, then you would be able to get, I mean, you have to think more, better value then than now uh, because of Taylor would be established coming off an injury. You could look at last year and say, that's it, baby. That, that, that's the only time he's been injured. Last year was a mess. The line wasn't very good. Matt Ryan stunk it up. All these things were true. You start losing games. You guys remember that yes. Giants game at the end of the oh, year. He was done. And it was done at the end of the year, which I totally understand. You guys, we can crush the team over that, but I totally understand that as well. The conversation, guys around and this is something tomorrow and Wednesday obviously we'll see where this story takes us the conversation of you know I have been with KB that if you're not going to extend him you trade him I understand that you got to get something for him but it just can't it can't be it can't I'll give you a great example the house that we have in Southern Indiana that we're trying to sell, Mark, uh-huh. it was a little old lady, okay, whose whose family just wanted to get just wanted to be done with the house. So I bought it as is, okay. So it's like an injury with Jonathan Taylor. Uh-huh. I bought it as is, and I had to learn how to do I had to learn how to do drywall. Uh, if you remember, with any of this, well, I'm in that same boat. Uh, are you in that like, same you boat? Fix that drywall? I'm like, I can try. <laughs> it's not going to look like turn, Bob Vila no, or anything. Turn up, turn up. Uh, by the way, Bob Vila. Who's the new Bob Vila? Because Bob Vila is an we have old, one. Well, he's an old reference, but I feel like people know what you're saying when you say Bob Vila. Um, listen, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be. If I'm a Colts fan, and I'm even like trade his ass, I get it. But you also can't be lowballed, and that is the dance that I think KB and I may have in the in the coming uh, in the coming days or weeks. Here is if we ever know what Miami let's use Miami, what Miami's offering. Uh, as much as the Jonathan Taylor stuff is frustrating, as much as it's going to continue perhaps to be a fight, I sit here and I'm really conflicted because I'm like I also 
can't be lowballed here. I also, even though um, you know people may not like it, I also have the leverage if I'm Jim or say Chris Ballard in the Colts that uh, you know maybe maybe you're saying, well, you know, you want to use the leverage and you don't want this to be mean spirited and everything else. The other side of that is you also aren't going to take just a third round pick. Uh, I mean, it also has to be something uh, that matters to you, and so there are ways, there are different avenues here not even talking about a Christian McCaffrey midseason trade. There are different avenues here uh, after the season. Is that something uh, you know, we haven't talked too much about that? And then I think another thing Florio brought up, and, and, and we talked about this yesterday, and like, like um, the, 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 the Dolphins have, Mark, a bunch of these mid-level kind of running backs, uh-huh. Mostert, yeah. and Jeff guys Wilson. That are, Jeff guys Wilson that are junior, but nothing you would Ex- put at RB1. Exactly. I don't know if they're willing to offer some picks and one of those guys and a, probably a Mostert. Uh, you know what? I mean, that would be an upgrade maybe, but again, this is a guy who's a fringe starter. It's, it's still running back by committee if you brought in some of those guys. I mean, Jeff Wilson... Kind of won the job there in Miami last year, but he's often injured. I mean, we know that Jeff Wilson uh, kind of where he is. And so, I mean, I think that is the dance right now that everyone can be like, I know Bob Kravitz has said it, well, trade him. And KB said it, well, trade him if you're not going to extend him. I agree with, uh, on principle, so many of those things. But you also can't give away when you, you can't give away this commodity. You can't give away this player for nothing. And there are different options and there are options to where uh, you could trade him or let him go in free agency and still get something back and that might be these might the reason I bring it up guys is this might be what we talk about tomorrow it yeah. might be what we're talking about on Wednesday. It might be what we're talking about on Thursday uh, if Jonathan Taylor is still on this team. I just think the big thing with with Colts, what the Colts going for with this Jonathan Taylor thing is why teams might be hesitant is that they haven't seen him in training camp. They haven't seen him in preseason games. They don't know the state of that ankle. That ankle's been a big question He's mark. He's missed 40, pra- for the 40 practices. Yeah. yeah. It's been a question mark for the Colts. And obviously, if you're trading for Jonathan Taylor, you have to give up draft compensation. On top of that, you also have to give up a big money contract. So I'm sure teams are kind of like, well, wait a minute. Why are we parting with all this when we don't even know if he can get on the field and stay healthy? He hasn't practiced for you guys. So why are we shipping up probably multiple picks for and, and money for a guy that we have no idea what his status is? And sure, he could come out there and have a decent season if he ends up playing for the Colts. But on the flip side of that is, what if with all the practices he missed, he looks like crap? What if he doesn't look good? And then all of a sudden, your draft stock that was somewhat in the middle tanks even further, and you're like, well, did we miss when the iron was hot when we should have gotten like a third or fourth round pick for him? Now we're missing out on that. You trade for him and he doesn't play. Yeah, I mean, you trade for him in the first month of the season if you're the Bears, if you're the Cowboys, if you're in a, not not Chicago, obviously, but if you're Miami. Now, a team like Miami, unless they start shipping out their other running backs, Miami's going to be able to weather. Okay, if it takes him two days, you know, two games, three games a month uh, into the season. But if I'm going to give up a two, I'm going to give up a four. I'm going to give up something of value. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to my owner and it's like, well, he's gonna play. But the first month of the you know, it's the first month of the season. Let's play this sound you. 
dug up, and it was sure. a good job. Adam Schefter uh, was on ESPN Radio uh, in Chicago. What they were at the uh, the Northern Indiana Sports yeah, Book. They have, they have a fantasy uh, a football fest, and so Schefter, Field oh, Yates, and fun. Big Barstool, Big Cat were all there, and they have a live show over the weekend. As Schefter was there, and of course, the subject of Jonathan Taylor came up, and this is what Adam Schefter said on ESPN Chicago over the weekend about Jonathan Taylor and his future. They're not in on Jonathan Taylor. They're not in. They're not in. Definitely. Definitely. What can you tell us about Jonathan Taylor? They're not in. (laughs) (laughs) Who is? Well, you know, there are a lot of teams that would like to be, and I'm sure even the Bears would be interested in being, but you got to pay the Colts and you got to pay the player. Mm -hmm. So all I'm telling you is the Bears won't be trading for Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if anybody will. Um, It's a lot to give up for any one player. That'll be, I think, probably the big situation by Tuesday. There may be some other things that happen. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of little trades. The question is, is there a big trade? Mm. And is there a Jonathan Taylor trade? And my guess would be probably not, but these teams are going through their rosters, and we'll see if there's a team that decides to step up here in the next two days to make it out. It could happen. My guess would be it doesn't because there's a lot that's involved in it, but it could, but the Bears won't be trading for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I don't know who that is, but she sounded dejected when he's, he's like, no, the Bears aren't going to trade for it. Really? <laughs> Peggy, no, Peggy really? Kaczynski and Deion Miller, okay. longtime Chicago Bears uh, There reporters. you go. Really? It's like, yeah, really? That That's the case. Now, Schefter, and KB mentioned this today, or he mentioned this well, someday last week, Schefter was higher on Jonathan Taylor being traded five days ago. Mm-hmm. He was a lot higher on Taylor being traded five days ago than he was seemingly over the weekend there. Uh, so there is a lack of, you know, there's a little bit of a lack of confidence. I'll say here in the final minute or so, now everyone knows that, you know, I ain't a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, but they are a team that that I'm surprised. I know Jerry Jones hasn't come out and been boastful, and maybe he's laying in the weeds and being quiet, although that's something that usually Jerry Jones does not do. But they have Tony Pollard, and that's about it. That's about it at running back, and he's a number two. To me, he's not a number one. You don't know how many many more years you're going to have uh, with Dak Prescott. I And they have, you have over $21 million uh, in cap space. I know they have Micah Parsons. I know C.D. Lamb are two guys specifically that are waiting for those and are going to get those big contracts, but you're not the best team in the NFC East. You're probably third to the best, fourth to the best uh, in the NFC as it is, so... Uh, to me, we talked about it uh, in the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, to me, we're hearing a lot of Miami other teams. I guess I'm not interested uh, why we're not hearing more from them. Uh, all right, good stuff. Appreciate you letting me chat here for a few minutes. Again, Jake coming up at noon. JMV at 3 o'clock. Have a good day here on The Fan.